Hello, and welcome to Kids Get a Queer with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Donnie Barnes. I'm Marosha M. Black. And I'm Riley. And today... Oh. <laughs> no one knows. I'm not in my usual seat. <laughs> Starting again? No. No, I like the Boy Meets World reference. <laughs> and today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 12 of Girl Meets World, entitled... Girl Meets Yearbook. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. <laughs> no one's going to say anything else. So I'm doing the podcast is all by Maroshan Black. Visit this podcast Audible is brought to you by Audible.com. Visit audibletrial.com slash podcast for your free audiobook download. This podcast tell- is brought to you by rookies who are really <laughs> rusty and don't know how to podcast anymore, apparently. <laughs> we, have, we haven't podcasted in a month. I haven't seen Dan in a month. I'm just... It's been a good month. Audible. (laughs) Check it out. All right. We are so sorry to our listeners and our sponsors. Yes. Yearbook, Audible, Donnie Barnes. How did you guys grade this episode? All right. I'll go go first. Um, So I had a lot of fun with this episode. It had some weird things that we're going to talk about that, like, weird issues, but they didn't super drag down the episode for me, mm-hmm. and I laughed a lot during this episode. I thought it was really fun. I watched it twice, and the second time I actually laughed more. Who'd, who'd, have, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk uh, it? Who'd have thunk it? Um, I Is slipped. that going to be a new segment? <laughs> That's a good segment. I like it. Yeah. Every time the writers do something, like, really surprisingly good. <laughs> That's the, it's the, it's the Who Thunk It award of the episode. Actually, I am going to... You guys can do this, too. I'm going to give the MVP award of this episode to Peyton. Oh, okay, cool. Um, hmm. I thought his acting was really good this episode. He made me laugh a lot. And I also... I always... I almost always... I can't... I don't know every episode she's written, but I really like Teresa Kale as a writer. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed this episode, and I've enjoyed other episodes by her. I don't think you graded it. I'm no. not done oh, yet. Okay. <laughs> Do not interrupt me. <laughs> you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to give it a B and I'm a buzz away. Bye. What? <laughs> Keith, it's your turn to buzz. Um, so I noticed something interesting about this episode, mm-hmm. which is. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> what is wrong with us, right? <laughs> Which is you made usually, me turn my air conditioner off and I'm dying of the heat. Usually, <laughs> yes. when I'm watching an episode that I like, mm-hmm. it's the first half which is better than the second half. Mm-hmm. In this episode, I thought that it got better as it went on. I think the second half was the most entertaining part of mm-hmm. the episode. Um, I do think there was some weird setup things. There was a little bit of a lazy setup. I wasn't crazy how we had Farkle um, very much serving as the same kind of catalyst when he ran away mm, in uh, flaws. In flaws, mm-hmm. that seemed weird to me, and I, I had similar issues with it. I do have some slight feelings about it belittling the issue of sort of adolescent self discovery and things like that, and turning it into something which is very much all a joke mm. um well except for the said, ending with with Fargo. yeah that was extra medium mm. that being said I, I found much of this episode incredibly entertaining uh i loved sort of all the weird you know twists and turns about you know then maya comes out as riley and things like that mm. and just uh and, and riley as 
Marissa, not Marosia, Marosia, the Morticia kind of character. Um, I just loved that. And so while I agree that Geek Lucas was great in mm-hmm. this episode, I do feel like it started to get a little bit too much. Lucas is the narrator. Lucas yeah. is the narrator. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I, if I was to give an MVP, I would still go Rowan. Yeah. Okay. Did, wait, did you give a grade? Yeah. Oh, a B. Yeah. Cool. All so right. it's like, this, this is the hive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the hive episode. <laughs> so um, I, wait, wait, wait. I, sorry. Darn you. I just wanted to, I'm sorry. I just wanted to clarify that the MVP award was for actor and not character. Mm-hmm. Right. Moving All right. On. So I have a head and a heart grade again. Oh uh, my. Like it's back in band. the day. Yes. Um, and actually, it, it's it's funny because the last time I did Head and Heart was for Rules. And I actually think that this episode, in a lot of ways, is similar to Rules in that I really enjoyed it and found it really, like, humorous and just, like, a really fun episode to walk. But, like, if you think about, like, some of the messages and if you think about some of the character choices, it's a little bit iffy. Um, so I would give it an A minus for my heart grade. I really, really enjoyed this episode. For my head grade, I'd probably go with a B minus because I do think there's a lot of continuity iffiness. I think I agree. I would like acting wise. I think this is like the biggest step. If you're gonna say who's like the biggest step forward, I would say Peyton, and I think he did a really, really great job because Riley was awesome and Rowan's awesome. But I kind of expect that from her. Um, Peyton, I think this was probably like one of his best things. At the same time, I totally agree. That character-wise and continuity-wise, he's so reverted to season one narrator, perfect goody-goody, to the point of that climactic thing. Lucas the good. Yeah, to that point of that whole climactic thing, which we'll get into more about him being, like, Riley's brother, makes no sense in the context of Secret of Life, where they're totally different people. Uh, But... Aside from things like that and just, like, silliness, like the yearbook being in the middle of the year and all that stuff, I I just think it's a really fun episode. I enjoyed the use of um, Katie and Topanga mostly, though there are issues with that, too. No B-plot, really, which is nice. Um, I think that helped in a big way. Yeah. And, again, I just want to totally do say that I think Moesha, Marosha. Marosha. (laughs) M. Black Lady. Um, was hilarious and great and enjoyable. And also, I do want to give a shout-out to Sabrina, because nobody's mentioned her guy. I think he did a good job. Well, actually, I did want to say, we've kind of gotten a lull from Maya Mm -hmm. in the last, you know, part of the season. I think that they've kind of muddled her character. Yeah. And here I see her, A, coming back as a driving force of the episode, and B... We're getting more of these redeeming kind of she's changing her ways mm. a little bit. Yeah. I think they did actually handle that a little bit better in yeah. this episode mm-hmm. because it was more subtle. Mm-hmm. And I think it hinted some to some more progression. And I thought it was interesting yeah. that they did that while changing her hair mm-hmm. to ponytail. I, so her hair became more like Riley's hair mm-hmm. so that she could be the more optimistic one, which I thought was a weird symbolism. And yeah. I definitely was on purpose. Yeah. Um, uh, I also... There I go. I was just going to say to address what both of you are saying, Dan, with, uh, you know, Lucas's inconsistencies and Keith with like the Maya muddling and she's coming back here. I'm wondering when this was uh, written slash filmed, because I I thought they looked a little younger here, particularly Rowan looked a little younger to me here. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because she was ultra smiley Riley. (laughs) Um, And so that might have had a lot to do with it. Uh, I I kind of doubt that because it was 
right around I think it was right around semi formal as far as like getting the new Farkle look and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I Can we just just pause. Yeah. He looks how, like Josh. How great <laughs> is her hair like that? Mo- <laughs> Riley's, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty great. Really Marosha. Marosha. Um uh, so I do want to say that's why you were talking about the turn with Maya. Um, and that I think this is an interesting parallel with an episode like Girl Meets Maya's Mother, as far as it's a flip where I feel like in Maya's Mother, Riley was driving the episode, but all the stuff was about uh, Maya, right? Whereas I feel like this is like Maya's driving the episode, but it's all about helping Riley. And it's about mm-hmm. Riley's the one who has like the bigger problem going on. And so I, I liked that. Even though it could be like, oh, this is now a, another Maya episode or whatever. It really is about Riley. And... I thought this was about so many of the characters. Yeah, yeah. I think this is actually, if I really were to stop and think about it, I think this is probably the most balanced episode mm-hmm. I can remember. Yeah. Where it really is about all the characters. All yeah. the main characters anyways. Because even, yeah, even we get a lot of Corey form. too. Yeah. I would say also that... This is an ep- episodes like this are why I don't need Boy Meets World people popping in every five seconds. We need more episodes like this where it focuses on the core right. four and they all get development and they all interact because they're funny together. We don't need all these stunts. We just need the characters. Right. So. Speaking right. of stunts. Mm-hmm. I do all my own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know let's get means. into the first scene. Learn some stunts <laughs> at audible.com slash stunts. <laughs> No, uh, let's we're a podcast. The... I don't do any stunts. What were you wait? What's the, what were you gonna say about stunts? Well, let's get into the first scene because oh, okay. it has to do with the end of the first scene. <laughs> All right, scene one. Yeah, scene one. That's the second one. I'm so sorry. She's a rusty person. She's a rusty nail. <laughs> All right, so what's the stunt? Stuck the yearbook thing you're talking about? That rusty nail is in my heart. Oh. So the stunt is that they're using the yearbook, which doesn't make sense. Well, no, let's just get into this. Uh, Well, okay. I do want to talk about the yearbook thing because I I had a thought and I wasn't sure if I was remembering this wrong. And maybe you guys know about things like this. I feel like I've heard about situations where this is realistic, that they would get the yearbooks at this point in the year. That that sometimes... So so that that you get the perception of everyone around you so you can fix yourself halfway through the year and have a more enjoyable (laughs) middle school time. No, no, that sometimes... I feel like I remember my sister getting her yearbook from the year before in like October of the next year. So like what? Th- in my mind this is the 7th grade yearbook. That what? is possible. Mm-hmm. Possible? Plausible. plausible. <laughs> and possible or maybe possible. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we not only forgot how to podcast, we just forgot how to speak. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. But at least we like the episode, so that's a step up. <laughs> That is plausible. <laughs> I did not get that vibe myself. Yeah. No. Um, they, well, they mention summer multiple times, like yeah. you know, right yeah. summer stuff. So. I really I've also do just think never heard of that. They've just completely given up on having, particularly this season, be contained within any normal chronology. Yeah, I have a theory. Um, it's the time warp from the original. Uh, Minkus. Minkus episode where he's jumping no. back. Well, Minkus, Minkus went from non existence back into existence so much so that he has a child now. That has to just ruin all the whole timelines out of whack. It's craziness. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that maybe season two is going to be two grades and they're going to go into high school in a little while. 
I think it could happen. They had previously said that season three would be high school starting, but they can easily have changed their mind now they know they're 30 episodes. Slash lying off there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because um, this is yearbook, and then next episode semi-formal. is semi-formal. These are very end-of-year yeah. things. So if I don't, <laughs> if they're not in high school now, uh, like in a, if they're not in a new grade soon, they just really screwed up. Here's the thing. I don't think they will. I think that, thir- that season three will be high school, be- mostly because of budget things, and I don't think they're going to change all their sets mid-season. And so, for that reason, I also, if they weren't going to change all their sets, then I would want them to wait for season three, because I need a new set. And so, right. is, it, let, is it conceivable that they had not planned on doing it this way, but are now releasing these sort of end-of-year things in the middle, because, as you were discussing earlier, that the ratings are dropping from leaked information. They're trying to boost it up with these sort of sensational episodes. It's possible. I also do think, I mean, it was months ago that I mentioned the thing about, so remember at the first date, it seemed like they were writing Josh as potentially doing the summer program so they could start up the season two in the summer. Right. And I wrote to them something about like, is that what you're going to do? And they're like, we're kind of just writing the episodes so that you can watch them whenever because so many people watch them in reruns and don't watch them when they first air anyway that that's like Disney's model, and so we're not going to pay attention to that. And here's the thing. I don't, like, obviously I'm going to mention the yearbook thing, and it bothers me, but think that doesn't bother me nearly as much as when they have continuity with a character's characterization. Like, yeah. it, little like things like Lucas. the... Yeah, little things like the yearbook, like, they're annoying, but they're not going to really matter. And, and, yeah. but, if, but if you're going to have a character not, like, make sense with who you've built him up to be, then that's much more of an issue for me. I've actually been thinking a lot about how we are perceiving time in this this uh, meets world universe, mm-hmm. and I've kind of come to a certain acceptance where I feel a lot better about in season kind of continuity things. Yeah, because as I, I've been doing the research that uh, about the mysterious yellow shirt from Boy Meets World, which <laughs> yes. we can get into more later on a different episode. Yeah. I kind of started to realize things that my memory was different than the actual order of appearance mm-hmm. of certain things. And I think that it has to do with, yes, the way that you watch reruns and how it just kind of all meshes together and you kind of create your own timeline in your head. Yeah. But I think also it's very different from us as adults looking back on this and trying to be clinical about that to as a kid who's watching this for the first time because I think kids have a different way of piecing together time especially on a show like this so that i think it's a lot easier to get a fuller experience without needing such a concrete uh cause and effect and sort of like timeline that's so linear yeah i think that that kind of perception is a little bit more rhizomatic and allows for this kind of stuff and i think in that way for instance if we had like let's say we were in the future right we had the first three seasons of girl meets world yeah and we had like a marathon night you know and we just were like hanging out on a summer night having snacks and soda and stuff and just chilling and we watched a bunch of episodes like that we so would probably we do with most nights yeah we would probably <laughs> we'd notice these things but it probably yeah. wouldn't bother us as much because mm-hmm. in the end of the night especially if it's not the first time we've watched it, we'd walk away with an overall feeling that would yeah. make more sense. It would be more satisfying. 
Yeah, and I think that that's honestly what they're going for. It's so it's for me. It's more about when it when there are little choices. With, okay, so something like yearbook. It's like they had this idea that was built around it, starting with the yearbook. So they just were like, we don't care about continuity. And in, in say, cases like that, I'm kind of okay with it. It's more in cases where it's just like you could have made a very easy, simple, different choice that would have fit the continuity. Why did you not put in the effort? Oh, yeah. so, I'm definitely not saying don't care at all. I'm just yeah. saying there are certain types of things which I have been kind of harsh on yeah. that I've been doing some thinking about and just kind of reflecting on how I've experienced Boy Meets World and things like that Yeah, that I'm more accepting of. Yeah. This, isn't, this has nothing to do with sort of flip-flopping characters and all that kind of stuff. It's, mm. it's more about... Oh, it's this time of the year, it's that time of the year, things like that. Yeah, because, I mean, also part of it isn't their fault about when they're forced into doing certain, uh, you know, special episodes for Monstoberfest and things like that. So, yes, let's let's move on, though. Well, one more more aside, if you would. Monstober. How interesting is it that they've already put the 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 promo for Monstober? I'm ready. I'm ready for Halloween. Yeah. How much longer? I think it's mostly because uh, that they promote the next big uh, decom right during their f- current big decom. So Descendants just re- got released, and they released the next pr- promo for the next decom, um, which yeah. is going to be during Monstober, which, isn't, I, which has Rowan in it. I, I totally buy that, but at the yep. same time, it's like because they link it so hardly to Monstober, mm-hmm. I just can't help but think about that. I have no problem yeah. with it. I just find it interesting. It is interesting. Also, I was surprised... I wonder, for people who are, like, big Disney people, have they been doing specifically Monstober for, like, many years now? Because I assumed they did a different pun every year. <laughs> I wasn't thinking it was going to... I didn't think it was going to be Monstober again, but... Yeah. I guess we'll guess find one, out. Guess wondering. Doesn't it feel like it was just Monstober? It really does. It's been a, been a fast year. You know, that our, our Monstober reaction video is one of our highest-rated YouTube videos. Yeah. Check I that think out. that... Uh, oh, that was a good time. Yep. I think this continuity, in-season continuity, weird things with the Girl Meets World is throwing off my real-life time perception. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so let's talk about the episode. Nice. So, wow. Yearbook time. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yearbooks. We should put time stamps. <laughs> this is why we haven't been going scene by scene. Yeah. In a seriously. while. <laughs> let's um, go. Let's go. No, let's get into it, guys. Let's do this. All right. So we have the her her, the return of the her her. How? Why is a jerk? <laughs> the whole like his hair like blew up. Yeah. That was that was a bit much for me. It just that in a show like this mm-hmm. from a character like Maya. I no, I'm not really digging. I'm not buying it. I, I get that. I like, honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, I guess get enjoyment out of like walking these actors now. So like, I can see that like, maybe that joke wasn't perfect, but like her look of satisfaction and his look of sheepishness, sheepishness, sheepishness. I can't say this word. Sheepish. I can't say it. I'm giving up. Sheepishness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was just like, I Plausible. enjoyed that. I enjoyed their interaction there. It oh was nice. I'm, not, I'm not saying I didn't like the joke. I didn't like yeah. his hair blowing up. I didn't yeah. like that part of it. Mm. Um, and so we Maya's got... a jerk. Can we <laughs> yeah. talk about Maya being a jerk? But I don't know. That. You know, she's a jerk. But, but we also <laughs> want... We want. We were asking for jerkishness early on in the show. No, I understand <laughs> that. But, um... I don't know. I, I, I'm so torn on the Maya Lucas, like... Re- 
relationship and like the core four relationships lately. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I think it's because we've had so many Boy Meets World character episodes. Yeah, and so that's been really distracting because it kind of reminded me of how in Mr. Squirrels when um, Lucas was asking her to stop, asking her to stop, and at first yeah. I didn't really see it, but well, because we never actually saw it. Yeah. And um, they didn't show it. And mm. now, here, it's the same thing. Yeah. And um, and I'm a bit more on Lucas's side. Yeah. But except, except that, like, he doesn't act... It, it all comes back to... Mr. Squirrels, to me, was the weird anomaly where he was, for some right. reason, up actually upset. Because in this episode, I don't think he looks actually upset either. I think yeah. he's just, just, like, playful, like, oh, please don't do it. Uh, he's yeah. the straight man in this episode is what yeah. it comes yeah. down to. I agree yeah. with that. Like, I don't think, like... Yeah, he definitely wasn't, like, begging her, like, my, like, you're being so mean, like, I'm gonna cry. Yeah. He's <laughs> definitely not distraught. He's not emotionally yeah. just damaged by it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, get, I think the biggest issue, again, like I said, we've had so many Boy Meets World characters come in mm-hmm. that I, I don't know, maybe I'm, like, forgetting my yeah. fondness mm-hmm. for the Core Four's, like, unique relationships. Because yeah. I know that Maya and Lucas have had this antagonistic relationship before, and I've always liked it, so yeah. I don't know why I felt differently. It's been a and long think, time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is, and I, and I want to. I don't know. Is it weird that I want to like? I like the, <laughs> the. It's a flirty antagonism, yeah. but it just didn't feel that way this time. I I, I like seen it. it. I I do. I'm I in also, the middle. Yeah. I'm gonna, I didn't like hate it. I'm not yeah. angry. Um, I think it was that we hadn't seen it in a while that I almost mm. it seemed almost out of place, I, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. I um I also did like while we're talking about sort of connections back to Mr. Squirrels that Farkle saying oh you took a great picture you freak I yes. think is definitely a callback yeah. to that as well obviously um, obviously <laughs> and I do like that they're they're doing more callbacks to themselves now which I think is nice without necessarily having a catchphrase or something right. but just like little references which is is nice. Um, and so we're like having phrases. a catchphrase with your friends versus a catchphrase for a show. Yeah. Speaking of catchphrases, catchphrases. <laughs> this is the episode where none of us can speak. Did, Speaking did we... of refrigerators, <laughs> when Farkle comes in and announces that he's got no, no more catchphrases. Yeah, and then proceeds to have catchphrases. Mm-hmm. That was on purpose. I know it was, but it's like <laughs> not just kind of like really not the best. Save it for when we get there, Keith. God. Well, you just were mentioning the theme. <laughs> yeah, I, I I prefer to go by theme, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I'm gonna rattle off what everybody's yearbook stuff is. So we have Farkle is most likely to be Farkle. Riley is most likely to die smiling, and Lucas is most likely to be okay with anything that happens. And we never get Maya's, which I'm annoyed about. Yeah, basically it's just the best couple thing. But I did like the um, you don't have to be a gloomy Gus when the time comes thing. <laughs> and her like facial spasm explosion of smileliness, which was nice. Smiley, <laughs> Love it. Yes. Um, how do you feel about most likely to be Farkle? Uh, Neutral. I, okay. I mean, like, I don't hate What I it. like is the joke of, um, how did this get in here where the editors yes, obviously that had I bad liked. quality. Yeah, that was great. I that thought was great, that was yeah. a very good joke, and it, like, it also made, you know, Farkle and Riley look like actual, like, good friends in this instance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, with, you know, without the core four, like, it was just those two being friends, doing something, sucking at it. Oh, I, wa- <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't assume that it was just the two. I thought all four of them were the editors, but I guess you could be right. Oh, I thought it was just them two. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I think it was just them two. Okay. Because they were the only ones passing them out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't see sense, Maya. Right? I don't see Maya being an editor on the yearbook. I just assumed she was there because of Riley, but yeah. nah, I think you're right. When she, they were the ones handing up the yearbooks, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what does it what does it mean to be a Farkle? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I I just think like it was fine or whatever, but I and I don't I wouldn't have wanted like a repeat of the nothing necessarily, but I I do think that I just I guess you could have something a little bit more mean to like actually set him off on the spiral because I don't feel like calling him that makes set like is enough to of a catalyst well yeah what was weird yeah. for me it's when we have these sparkle catalysts and it becomes like this really heavy driving force and just derails everything I just feel like you're saying it's never enough to warrant, to warrant the it. reactions mm-hmm. especially when it also takes Riley in and then it takes Maya in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this weird stepping stone thing that I and like. And then Lucas I, goes out of control. Yeah. <laughs> I like where it gets in this case, yeah. but I don't necessarily like how it gets there. Yeah, I get that. I, I mean, I think that it... I well, here's the thing. I, it didn't immediately get everybody involved. Like, So the thing that... The, right. the catalyst for Riley is a different catalyst. The catalyst for... Uh, Maya is a different catalyst. So I agree that, like, it's a little bit, like, for him, his specific catalyst is a little silly, but I, I and I do believe that, like, it's important to both Lucas and Riley that Farkle stays Farkle, because that's just how it's been written right. up to this point, but... I mean, especially because at the end, the mm-hmm. whole thing is that Maya is trying to fix Riley so that Riley can fix Farkle. It's, yeah. it's like, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's supposed to all come full circle with that as, as like, that's the Archduke Ferdinand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, I do agree that it, it's interesting that it's, like, all the main focus is about Farkle, and yet he actually probably gets maybe the least screen time or at least development the as The least far as what's interesting happening. development, yeah. definitely, but I think yeah. the most setup for lingering change in yeah. that direction, except for maybe the Maya hint stuff where she's becoming more optimistic and more Riley-esque actually naturally. What do you... uh, I guess uh, we haven't even said yet. Like, how do you guys feel about Donnie Barnes? Um, So I don't want him to actually be Donnie Barnes. Yes. (laughs) Um, But as far as Farkle toning down, I mean, it's weird the way it happened. Yeah. But I do, like... Uh, but here's the thing. Middle schoolers are weird. Yep. True, true. I was a middle schooler. I was really weird. Um, <laughs> listen here. I thought you were saying was, like, you were, she was still a middle schooler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yes. And so, they are gonna do weird things where they wanna, you know, ex- experiment with who they are, be a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Um be like eight different kinds of stereotypes in a month <laughs> yeah and so, so but at the same time for him to go from like super geek to like donnie bar he be, he reminds me a lot of josh yeah well okay, basically so, being josh well okay i the two things i want to say a i do think that it's either a very similar coincidence or a slight reference to minkus trying to be a regular guy 
in season one of Boy Meets World. Yeah. Um, because I think they actually say regular guy in both instances. Right. right. Um, yes. Yes. I do think you gotta that, believe that's at least a little drop yeah, in the hat there. Yeah. Um, I think that I get what you're saying as far as the way he looks and like the way he's trying to act is yeah. Josh-like, but I think that things like like the catchphrases and stuff and still saying I'm Donnie Barr and stuff is a nice thing as far as, like, he's not just becoming Josh, he's becoming somewhere in between. Um, and I... And like this idea, I actually found the I, for some reason the name Donnie Barnes was really funny to me. I don't know why, but I, I, mean, I that's liked the point. Yeah, uh, but I, I did. I actually I guess really liked his at least the humor from him this week. And I I, I think we can get to the resolution a little bit more when we get to it. But I did like. Well, I also did. Do you guys have any major issue with the whirling around and suddenly transformed thing? Or? Well, that was what I was talking about yeah. earlier. So basically. For me, Donnie Barnes isn't even Donnie Barnes. Mm-hmm. For me, he's not even becoming anything less Farkle-esque. Mm-hmm. He's just Farkle in a different costume because he's still up in the front. He's still yelling. He's still got the name tag. He's still taking over the thing. He's stopping Towards himself. Towards the end, he wasn't, though. Yes, mm-hmm. you're right. But yeah. as far as actually... But that's when he was saying, I'm just Farkle. Don't call yeah. me. So but as far as Donnie Barnes go, Donnie Barnes was just Farkle... By a different costume. I think it was still a little bit tone. I agree that there's like I really, definitely. I really parts don't think so. I think it's just different mm-hmm. catchphrases, and that's all it really was. And in that way, I don't think realistically that had anything to do with self discovery, uh, and that's part of the belittling of the issue in this case. But in context of this episode, I don't think it was super harmful, and I don't think it derailed the humor of it because I think. Mm-hmm. Although it was not my favorite parts of the humor, it definitely still helped to add to the humor. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it exactly it led to funny things. I really liked the nameplate. Um, mm. Actually, when when Lucas flips it to uh, Farkle and then yeah. he flips it to Donnie Barnes, regular guy. Again, Peyton being MVP. Um, mm. How could you possibly have done that? I. Yeah. And just I don't know, like I every line that he did, just selling it for me. Yeah. That's how I was feeling at first, but I, I thought that as much as I, I like the episode going forward, I think that Lucas kind of trailed off by the middle point because he just kind of really fell into, I'm just Narrator. Lucas the Good, I'm just going to announce everything that stands for moral justice from mm. this you know weird abstract point. Yes, that that does bother me, I just, but... It felt he that's felt, a writing issue, not an acting. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you because I think that he was being given very similar stuff to what he had in Girl Meets Friendship, where he's like, "I can't believe that we're all yeah. fighting over this <laughs> politics stuff." Oh, and, I'm so upset. And also, um, oh, Smackle. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. But I, but the, I think he was there was a lot of just really nice line delivery. Yeah, no, like, like, yeah. Yes. I loved. Yep. The good Lucas stuff. Mm. There, there was definitely some good Lucas stuff in here, and when it came, I loved it. I just thought yeah. that at a certain point, it fizzled out mm. and became a little scarcer. I can see that because of the I, like, like scene two. I'm trying to get us on track a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like scene two, I liked. Um, he's like trying to get um, Corey to actually do a lesson to help Fargo. Yes. He's like, Listen, he's like, great. he's like, you know, I'm right. If it was Riley, you would fix her. <laughs> I thought that you was. You said you got a lesson. You got a lesson. Yeah. Like, look, like I thought he was about to like start scratching his skin. <laughs> 
Um, and I also did like the continuity here with him mentioning that he was the scholar. He got the scholar athlete yeah. award. And these uh-huh. are all it, it's Nerd worth alert. noting that these are all times when he's at least mildly agitated, mm-hmm. as opposed to the calm and collected objective narrator. Yeah. And so yeah. these are the the what we call is like the the nerd Lucas, the geek Lucas. Yeah. These are mostly times where he's at least slightly agitated. He's yeah. kind of worked up for one reason or another. Yeah. And this is very different even though it's kind of is also the moral high ground yeah it's very different when he can just stand up and says hey guys let's win with the power of friendship because here's why <laughs> well think, here's the thing we can at Captain this point we can, we can understand that he is that character mm. just stop telling us he's that character we get it just deliver yeah. real lines well here's yeah. the thing i think that lucas is a really complicated thing now because it's <laughs> So, do you guys know about Mary Sue's in, like, literature and stuff? Dan, we've talked about Mary Sue's okay. a lot. In Have we? Context. Okay, I don't, I'm, I apologize, I'm blanking. But I think that they're, like, going super intense to, like, every possibility of that, as far as not, not just the narrator part, but if you think about it, he's just, like, everything a character can be right now, right? If you take every aspect, he's been an athlete, he's been a geek, he's been a pretty boy, he's been a badass, he's been a goody-goody. Like, I can't even think of, like, other things they could add to him other than, like, a silly guy, but, like, he's been silly and, like, new teacher when he was freaking out of the comic book and stuff. So... I don't know, like, how you meld that all... T- and I know, like, people change a lot at this age, and they try on different hats and things, but I feel like they're trying to have everything, yeah. and not really... They kind of have to, like, f- pick a focus, I think. Yeah, they're definitely relying on him to be the perfect character who can stand in as a sort of heartthrob kind of character. That's but what also, I was just and, and that definitely feeds into it, because specifically because of what the target audience is aimed mm-hmm. at younger you know, younger children, a lot of those children are girls who might have a crush on Lucas, mm. and, you but know. But not just that, they're playing into whatever any girl could want of right. Lucas. Mm. It's, yeah. it, like, it's, they're curating the heartthrob, but also a very specific vein of it, which is the nice guy heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he can be the nice guy, you know, like Dan was saying, the bad boy. Like, even the, yeah. like, big brother protector character. Yeah. Like, he's he's pretty much, like, anything, like, a girl at this age, like, would want. Yeah. And in Fish, they, like, really brought back the, the athlete thing. He's, like, a, kind of like a stereotypical baseball player thing for that episode. And so it's, like, it's just really, like, there's always different hats he wears, and because especially because originally when we saw Smackle, we didn't think he was going to have the athlete part at all. And I think that that kind of would have been better if yeah. they just stuck with he looks like an athlete but isn't and has the geeky side. But yeah. Lucas is definitely one of those characters that in a few years will be able to really run down a whole big talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> a There's, whole big talk about. Th- 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 I'm just saying, like, you could really study the development of a character yeah. like that. And not just because it's a good character, just because all the different transitions yeah. and all the sort of stopping points that lead to different possibilities that may or may not have been fulfilled. I think that's it's interesting to think yeah. about now, but I think that we really won't know until a couple of years. I have a feeling that he's going to sort of be the Eric of Girl Meets World in that, like, they didn't really know what to do with him at first, and eventually they'll see. And they they have sort of talked about this already that they saw where where Peyton 
could bring the humor. And I think that they're going to start writing towards that more yeah. and making him more dynamic. That is a really um, interesting theory that I, uh, mm. I, I'm enjoying thinking about that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, just, we that, that, so... that resonated with me. and That made yeah. sense to me. And I, mm. I totally we understood exactly so what you meant. We are so awkward. All right. Uh, so, I also like when Farkle said uh, face a cowboy when he's like explaining how he's Donnie Barnes now. And I yeah. don't know. Is it because like, you're a Spider-Man fan? You like face it, Tiger? No, I actually hate that in Mary Jane. <laughs> I hate that so much. Oh, yeah, I forgot your hatred of Mary Jane. <laughs> I hate Mary Jane. I don't know why she calls She's him Tiger. no Gwen Stacy. <laughs> She's really not, though. So or Riley and Maya were wrong about Greenland and Iceland. And so Maya says stupid countries don't even know what they are, stupid countries. I actually really like that. I really, I really like that, too. <laughs> it, was so, it was so cute. Do you want to flip out about Iceland for a little bit? I really like Iceland. <laughs> I know I'm really strange. I also like things that you think will be what cold or great, maybe are cold. <laughs> what a great question. Do you want to flip out about Iceland for a little bit? <laughs> and I do. I, uh, I really Read up on it. Iceland at audible.com. Well, <laughs> actually. Can we do our audible plug now so I can flip out about Iceland? Uh, I guess if you need to, sure. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah. Is that what Keith was saying by actually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Check out Journey to the Center of the Earth by Jules Verne at audibletrial.com slash podcast. At one point, they actually do Journey to the Center of the Earth <gasps> through Iceland. Spoiler alert. But no, it's actually really early in the book. Um, <laughs> but Iceland is just really cool because it has really interesting topography and it's just, and the language is so cool and just read it. It's really cool. Is, uh... People are tall. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I will. But isn't the lead female singer from Monsters and Men from... Is, isn't she Icelandic? Are they Icelandic band? They're all Icelandic. Okay. They're all Icelandic. Her bro- the two, she has a brother that's also in the band, and uh-huh. the other two are uh, friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, But guys, Iceland is really cool, and I would journey there if I had the money. You guys should pick out your favorite song by them for us to put as the outro for this. Okay. Okay. Can do that. Can Toe do that? Keith and can I Toe do that? Uh, <laughs> maybe not the whole I'm foot. Maybe, bar. maybe a couple toes <laughs> worth of uh, initiative there, but not the whole foot. Uh, Keith and I actually saw Monsters and Men in concert uh, a couple mm. years ago. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. So Vikings tricked people, and the I am also of a Viking thing. blood. <laughs> also, okay. So I'm just gonna quickly do. You can get a free 30-day trial at audible.com and get this free audiobook. Helps us out. Helps out Audible. You can use an Amazon account to sign up. It makes it really quick. Check out Audible. Journey to the center of the earth. Uh, Just do it. Just do it. Just make that journey. But don't watch that awful movie that came out with The Rock because he's a hack. (laughs) Don't watch that movie at all. Any movie he's in, just skip it. Let's be honest here. Also, another thing about Iceland is a misconception about the misconception. Just because it is it is the greener one does not mean it's warm there. Oh, oh. I've heard people like talk about like talk Except about for all this. the lava. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. yes, but that's in the fall. It's cold there. I'm really interested to see if Keith gets hate mail for hating on The Rock, because I feel like he easily could, which would be interesting. Do people actually like The Rock people for his love acting the skills? For oh, his yeah, acting totally. skills? Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I like him because of his wrestling skills. 
I have very little knowledge of him except that people love him. Oh, I just... I watched wrestling a lot as a kid. They ruined a great story. Well, they (laughs) All right. So people always say stuff. How you react makes you who you are. Um... So, how Keith reacts to the hate that people could throw his way for hating on The Rock will be who he is. That's all right, because uh, I'm paper. Do you realize that... <laughs> that was good. Comma, all of them, comma, I'm perfect happened. He ha- he has the highest self-esteem of anyone you're ever going to meet, guys. You don't know my life. You don't um, know so me. My, I actually I'm really Donald liked Bones. when Sparkle said that. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that, because A, I thought of Keith, and B, I just like... Again, Corey Fogelman actually did really well this episode, too. If you can believe it. I'm joking. What? That's what it sounded like you were saying. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm still on my Iceland high. Okay. (laughs) It's really far north. So, Maya and Lucas were named best couple. And... And the, the we have the Greek chorus of the classmates with Darby and Sarah and this new chick. And uh, they basically, they're, they're stand-ins for basically the shippers, which I the think shippers. is interesting. We got some interesting Medicaid stuff going down here with Darby. Is totally, we have some more continuity errors. Darby switched from being Team Rukus to Team Leia. I don't know what's happening. Well, we already know Darby. she's kind of fickle, so. Yeah. Darby. She's the title, too. <laughs> True. But Lucas and Maya are like Faya. So. Faya. <laughs> I enjoy Sarah. Sarah's yeah, Sarah's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and then we have that scene ending out with Riley saying, "Daddy, remember when you told me not to react?" No, 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 no. They're like a summer rain. Well, that was I'm re- that was before the Faya. Well, you didn't bring it up. Well, I didn't think every line was important. That's because the fields dried up. And all we left is the desert of Dan's well, cruel, Riley heartless soul. is going to react. She drapes her hair <laughs> over her face. We go to scene three. Dark Riley in this dark room. I love it. It's pretty dope. Love it's it. the best. Yep. It is it. Bay. I would totally watch a show where she is, is, is that character. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so good. Well, Keith, don't you remember that, like, weird YouTube video that we watched of her being, like, the dating contestant? Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. She was, like... Was b- she just practicing she was, like, for this so, episode? <laughs> it was some sort of, like... like it was some sort of... It was, like, it was a workshop for kids to, like, teach them act. I think he was, like, an, like help, like, a guest person to, like, help kids learn acting or something. That was very unclear. It was on our know. Twitter. We retweeted it. You can check it out. I don't know. She killed dogs. Yes, she did. She not, was... not not on screen, guys. It's okay. No, not on screen. Off camera. <laughs> um, was it before or after they kissed the bunnies? I would assume after. The, the, they the were pony just tell her to. Yeah. Yes. Damn. Okay. Po- yes. Ponies don't are tr- nefarious. Don't try to trick me. The pony didn't really talk. <laughs> um, you are smarty pants, Keith. <laughs> but I. So, uh, ring power, guys. Oh my god, so good. Great. That, like, Curses! Probably... <laughs> I wish to be alone. <laughs> ring power! <laughs> Curses. Probably, probably one of my favorite ring powers, if not my favorite yep. ring power. That was, that was And rad. you guys know how much I love ring power. Ring power is the best we thing the show ever did. We got some pretty solid bay windows this yep. up. So wait, what was that new segment we came up with? Who to thunk it? Who to thunk it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can good. We have good bay windows. So yeah, I was gonna say. What, like, I mean, that's like that's the only thing we can look forward yeah. to <laughs> consistently. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So way to ruin the segment, Dan. I apologize. I'm sorry. But anyways, honey, have you seen everything black that I am? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was really good. I actually really... So how, we haven't talked... How did you guys feel about Topanga in this episode? Uh, that I, was a very successful scene. Yeah. I also like how when yeah. she says that all the black things are like only enough to be in that part of the room... Yeah. Just, just, just from, so when the camera moves, like it's still like bright colors, and just like that corner is just like weirdly, like plastered with this like gothic, you know. Well, no, I think her like bed sheets were also black. But there's just what? a lot of this the neon blue coming through. Yeah, <laughs> she really needs to contact her interior designer. <laughs> well, I actually like that it wasn't all completely yeah, done over. That it felt that real. Was, well, yeah, know, it felt more be, real. To be honest, yes, but if they were going to do something like Farkle ripping off his Superman clothes and becoming, you know, mm. hipster dark Farkle, yes, um, I would have <laughs> rather like um, Donnie Darko. Yeah, I'd ra- <laughs> really rather not done that and played up the sensationalization of the room just being like jet black everything. I can see that. That's a lot of work. Because if they're going to be surreal, <laughs> I just think that is a funnier joke. Yeah, so I can well see that, that definitely. Yeah, and it could have been something like it could have been something like you know, there's like empty cans of spray paint. She painted everything black. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. She had like Rolling Stones playing in the background. Yes, Rolling Stones, your go-to goth girl <laughs> music. Uh, no, paint was... it black. Oh, Come sorry. Come on, babe. Come that on, is babe. now the intro of this episode. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. So, I am ashamed right now. Riley, or should I say Mar- Marosha, is tired of being Chip, Chip, Kipper. Yeah. And, uh... Chip. 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 She was just great. <laughs> yes, it's so I good. Mean, it... Shall we sit and ponder the ridiculous futility of caring? Yeah. I you just, get me. I, I wrote some things <laughs> down, but... Just Rowan Blanchard. She's a superstar. She is aces. She is aces. She's that a real champ kid. <laughs> You guys are so lame. <laughs> He's a so, kip off the old I, I block. I think that it is important to pause because of how many times we've mispronounced her pseudonym. Marosha. Marosha. And actually break it. I have not mispronounced it once. Listen, it's not about you all the time. I've got Marosha down. I think it's worth commenting that, yes, it's probably a play off of Morticia and, awfully, uh, and obviously the word morose, mm-hmm. which according to... The dictionary. Oh, dot reference dot com. Adjective. One. Gloomily or sullenly ill-humored as a person or mood. Two. Characterized by or expressing gloom. This has been words with Keith. <laughs> I just think that it, I mean. If, if Is that, that our new segment? <laughs> if, if, that, if anyone missed that, I just think that's, I think that's clever. Yeah. We're going to have a we new should, segment we of have where Keith ep- reads the word of the day on dictionary.com. <laughs> that would be we great. We should just have an I, episode. I do get the word of the day. We should have an episode where we just try out like 50 new segments and then there's like have people vote on which thing should actually stick. <laughs> All right. Do, so do, you know how there's the death chair in season one of Boy Meets yes. World? We should have the, the death chair segment section. <laughs> I like it. If someone votes out Caitlin's gay agenda, I'm going to be really <laughs> angry. <laughs> That's not going to fly with me. It stays. <laughs> All right. So Maya needs Riley they back. They stay gay. By, by the way, the yes. word of the day is Kiliad, a group hmm. of 1,000, a period of 1,000 years. Could you please spell that? 
C H. So Maya needs Riley back. Killian. So Maya needs Riley back. They need Riley to get Fargo back. Where can I find Maya? Where can I find Farkle and Riley? They're in the yearbook. Keep in touch and have an awesome summer. That I liked. That was that was great. Oh, I love that. That was the best. That was both funny and serious. I think Mm. the tone of that line delivery, if they had gone with that tone for the entire Mm. episode, it would have been an A plus episode. I think, I want to say, as much as we, like, harsh on the writers, I don't know if harsh is the right word, as much as we, like, say negative things about writers and their writing and, like, the lessons and everything, I do just want to say, they write good humor, yeah. and I've been happy with the humor, and I know some people, like, think that this, the humor in this series is, like, way off from Boy Meets World. I don't think it's that off, honestly. Well, I just think that particular line and that delivery, I think, was a great balance. I yeah. think there was a lot locked up in that, that if they had explored that, it would have really brought this to its full potential, because that, mm. to me, totally captured mm. sort of the essence of the actual issues here. Yeah, I agree that, they, that the actual idea of a yearbook was could have been used for a lot more than just like the catalyst of yeah. what people think of you because that that was totally about this sort of disillusionment of like what the whole like high school i mean the middle school kind of perception is yeah and it's about like losing faith and sort of like the 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 innocence of sort of like the being a kid how people think is getting maybe getting more into the teen issues yeah, but it was also sincere, and it was a weird high ground that had a little bit of irony in there. Mm. So I think there was there was interesting poetry in that delivery in that line too. I also I guess realized of like a pretty easy way they could have just. I know that we don't care that much about the yearbook thing being at this time of year, but a very easy fix could have just been they're still they're currently on the edit like they're currently the yearbook editors and yearbook club. And this is when all the ballots come in or when all yeah. the people are voting the on draft. these things. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to actually be in the yearbook. But that's just... I'm just saying. Just saying. But at the... Yeah. You know what? That... <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's I'm, just, I'm just spitting rhymes that actually, here. Yeah. Just spitting rhymes. <laughs> all right, Eminem. Spitting rhymes. Guys, guys, wait. You just reminded me that crispy M&Ms are returning, and I am flipping out about it. It's very exciting. I love my crispy M&Ms. What? She said M&M. And her, you don't know about crispy M&Ms? Do you know about uh, the real Slim Shady? Yes, I do. M&M, crispy <laughs> M&Ms are an amazing type of M&M that they made when I was a child, That I loved them. And then they were discontinued because nobody else loved them. Is this going to be like that gross back. blue dinosaur ice cream again? Yes, dinosaur <laughs> 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 it's made of fossil funnily enough the tiny enough can't you just crisp, like normal food snacks funnily enough a crispy m&ms were in a blue package now they're in a green package i see i saw this also i found this out at the movie theater and the commercials before the movies and i was flipping out i was very excited. it was much better than the movie Wow. What do you see? And this is where Dan's new girlfriend finds out really weird things about him. What, what movie did you go see? I saw Fantastic Four and it was a bad life choice. Super sad. <laughs> didn't, they right. just, didn't they just make a Fantastic Four like a couple years ago? It was like probably it was probably like five years. Maybe actually probably more than five Still, years at this but point. Like it's it, completely yeah. rebooted universe. Yeah. Yes, completely. And then they got to do it one more time and then it's well, the yeah, Spider-Man yeah. series. Well, that's the thing. Is there, I don't think they're going 
to I, I feel like this is gonna flop hard so they're probably gonna reboot it again who's in charge this of this <laughs> I'm whoever was in charge of the spider <laughs> no not actually fox versus sony okay back on track yeah that's the librarian <laughs> stop so scene four scene four uh, although I did like that at the end of scene three, they turn the lights off and she goes, pay no attention to the funny nightlight. Yeah, I just, yes, great. Okay, so Maya needs Katie's help. And so here's oh. an interesting thing about Katie. Wait, oh, I was going to say something in regards to the funny nightlight. All right, actually. go ahead, go ahead. Um, I granted Mor- this. Morosha reminds me a lot of um, Corinna. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. if nobody knows what I'm talking about. That. She should have listened to those songs. Oh my god, she should have totally listened to those songs. <laughs> I'm so upset right. now. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, they could even like hide it in when she thought like that Lucas, Lucas was, was shallow. being shallow. Oh my god, this would have been so good. I'm so angry now. I'm like flailing. I'm so She's angry. Flailing. Just think about Iceland. Just think about Iceland. Uh, okay, it's kind of calming me down actually. All right. So, I want to talk about Katie here. Wait, but I didn't explain who Corinna oh, yeah. was That's to our... Right. They know. We said Shallow Boy. If they don't know, look it up. Watch Boy Meets World's a good show. But there was so um, much. The bunnies, Flafluga. Oh, that's true. Insanely spiraling down into darkness. Mm, yeah. True, true. Okay, I, that's a that's a that's a valid point. Dan's about to say, "How come Katie is a bad actress?" But then all of a sudden, a good no. actress. Actually, before we get to that, I want to talk about. So Maya comes to her mom and she's like, "I have need your help with something." And and Katie's like, "I'm so excited that you need my help. This is like music to my ears," which is like. More of this weird turnaround where Katie has like completely turned. Katie and Maya have like switched into such a degree where it's like, it seems like now the only issue between in Katie and Maya's relationship is, is Maya. Maya, Maya which is she's weird. Uncool. Yeah, yeah, that Maya doesn't think she's a good mother and doesn't usually go to her, like like Katie's like hoping that her mom like that her that her daughter will come to her for advice, and Though, Maya like thinks he's lame or something. I will say. That's not a complete turnaround in, for Katie. In the way that they're kind of martyring this the Katie character in that way, yeah. The first couple presentations of her are definitely through Maya. We never actually get the whole story. We definitely still well, have. Well, not... you have to think about though that Riley goes to to Katie's diner and Maya's mother to convince Katie to come to the art show and Katie's like I'm not good enough like I can't I'm not gonna come like it'll just give her like false expectations blah 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 that is not the same character that we're seeing right now yeah I mean that's all I'm saying that's all I I get I I get that but at the same time I can definitely see that that can come from a small slice that we don't have the before, we just have that little moment, and in the context of the episode, which is completely through Maya, yeah. that we get a little bit too strong of that as possible. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's just because they're still evolving the character yeah. and things like that. I just want to say, I mean, like, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm okay with him evolving that character because it was only like he was only like that for like one or two episodes. It's just that I don't really particularly like that evolution of making Maya. Mm-hmm. I liked it better when it was. Katie was a good mom and a good person, but didn't know how to be a good mom and was yeah. making mistakes. And Maya was more like you under you were on Maya's side. I don't like not yeah. being on Maya's side. You're questioning side. the direction yeah. of just having yeah. Maya become more and more bratty, yeah, and less likable. And that, but yeah. the thing is, she's not less likable. But it's only when you stop and think about it, yeah, and that's I the agree. troubling thing. 
Yeah. She was less likable in um, Hurricane. Yeah. She was. She was less likable. You mean Maya? You're saying Maya was yeah. less likable. Maya. Yeah. But I'm saying, but as a whole. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. Well, like, I think that's. I we. I think we. We can all agree that season two has pretty much only hurt Maya. Like from yes. where I. From where I've like, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's like ruined Maya, but I think that she's she's only gotten worse in season two. She hasn't had anything making her better, and that so. I think has to do with her being very good in season yeah. one, and especially when the show was still kind of rocky. Yeah. Season one, Maya was kind of like a beacon of like, oh, this is yeah, this is where it's at. But yeah, I think they're definitely either forgetting her. Or just making some bad choices. Though, okay. I, well, the other thing is that they're utilizing her character mainly to drive Sean yeah. a lot. And that's just a big mistake. You don't need to drive Sean. Sean's had his story. He's got his license. Story. And the weird stuff with Josh that I'm just not, like, I, none of us are super on board with. I thought you liked uh, that stuff. Oh, I, I like that episode, but I didn't like the way, like, they, I agreed with you completely that they were the way they were making it seem like Josh was in the wrong was ridiculous. Yeah. But also, um, since we're bringing that up, mm-hmm. uh, the Telltale Talk, yep. um, I so part of the lesson was that it's not always the grand gestures that um, matter. Yeah. Um, I have a problem with Lucas and Farkle's relationship and their friendship because other than the trick or treating and maybe I'm leaving out other stuff I don't know, I feel like we see their friendship when we're being told in these big grand gestures. Oh, yeah. If I have to hear someone else say that Farkle's the most loyalist best friend <laughs> I mean yeah. if someone else says Farkle is loyal I don't I just fall flip out. Don't tell me that anymore. Show it. Yeah. And on and a, a similar note and We should play the Eminem Crisp game with Girl Meets World where you eat a bag of Eminem Crisp every time someone says Farkle is loyal. Crispy m and I don't even know what that is. I'm trying to make it an age age appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say similar... You can do with what you wish with that information. I was so confused. I'm like, is that a thing that I I don't know about? I thought thought she really weird specific reference. I I, I thought what she was saying was because Crispy M&M's we used to love them, then it went away, and now I'm excited it came back. I thought you were being like, don't talk about this, have it go away, and then when it comes back, you'll be great, or something. <laughs> but, but, okay. Yeah, I was being really metaphorical but, with Crispy. But, I want to say, the similar to not liking saying that he's the most loyal guy ever, I really don't like it when they keep having him be like, I'll lo- I love you guys no matter what you're like. I love you guys no matter... I don't... Like, it's like, like the way he was yeah. at the end of Smackle, where he's like, oh, I didn't... Did you change your clothes? I didn't yeah. see any difference. Or, I forget, That's not line, being but, loyal. That's just kind yeah. of being an idiot. It's just, like, yeah. overly sweet. And, and I don't think that... I don't even think it's sweet. I think it doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, my point is it's, it's aiming for, like, he's so sweet, he loves them, like, no matter what or whatever. But it's just, like... I don't like that also they keep singling him out as, like, the only one like this. Where it's like, are you telling me that Lucas isn't a loyal friend? Are you telling me that Riley isn't a loyal friend? Like, it doesn't make any sense. They yeah. all they keep acting like Farkle is unique in yeah. this property. I mean, and honestly, he I'm going to say that out of the four of them, if I was going to use the word loyal, mm-hmm. Farkle would be the last one I would attribute that to. And that's why they have to keep reminding you. I mean, I, I would definitely say, uh, in terms of loyalty, 
I think that Lucas, particularly because he is still on this slightly outsider perspective yeah. and is the one that kind of is trying not to get into the drama but always ends up getting sucked into it, I would probably call him loyal. Yeah. The most loyal, if that is the character definition. Yeah. Uh, but that becomes muddled by the fact that he becomes a sort of Lucas the Good narrator kind of character. Yeah. And that maybe takes away from the sincerity of that. Mm-hmm. And in that way, as far as a real actual loyalty, it's just the girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so. I'm going to try to bring us back to scene four. No. Which they are the bays of the Bay Wind. I mean, let's be honest. We're on scene four. We're an hour into this. <laughs> scene four. No, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. So, my needs Katie's help. Um, and so, we have this, hey, mister, you should have walked up for that car. And was she being Australian? Is that? I thought she was being British. I thought she was being British. I thought she was being, like, um, Cockney accent. Sounded yeah, kind of Australian yeah, to me. Well, I mean, the, I can see that, yeah. So should have no, watched out like, for that car, yeah. That's, no, then she would have been oi, Mister. <laughs> that's I think Cockney. it was okay. That's we're Australian. Not gonna, we are not going to argue. No. That. <laughs> <sighs> oi. Right in. Hashtag oi? Keith was right. Hashtag Caitlin was right. <laughs> Who's right? <laughs> All right. So Maya needs Katie to turn her into no, Riley. Hold on. So, uh, no, we are. <laughs> no, no. My dark Riley comes in. She doesn't know any scary things, and she's upset for Topanga not teaching her these scary things. The hotel of my soul is fully occupied. That was a great line. (laughs) By jack-o'-lanterns and candy corn. Yeah. I thought of Keith with candy corn. I also thought about how much I hate candy corn and how it was appropriately placed in a dark heart. (laughs) And I I do like, again, how Topanga is used here. Um... And I'm not saying, like, I don't think Topanga is, like, perfect in this episode or anything, but I like that it's not about Augie, it's not, and she's she's being there for Riley, and she's, I do like the friendship between Katie and Topanga. Tastefully utilized. Yes. Great band name, Riley and the Dark Hearts. Hmm. Ooh, I like that. So, I want to ask you guys this question, because now we come up to this Katie thing, where Katie's like, when you become someone else, like... You take on them, and you might learn secrets about them that they don't even know. Yeah. And like, I know where the hell we... does that come from? Yeah, that's it's... one of those weird, arbitrary things. That sure, I guess maybe, but the fact yeah. that they're jumping into that as a given is strange to me. Okay, she's a she's the Phyllis Diller uh, witchcraft woman, sorceress, mm-hmm. fortune teller. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that witchcraft woman and her witchy ways. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> what did you think of Katie becoming Riley? I wasn't a fan. I, I was in between. It was interesting. Mm. I didn't know that I liked it. One thing that did confuse me is that everything we know about her thus far is that she totally sucks as an actress, including in this scene. Right. Like, so why the then is she so good at this inside the craft? I'm becoming one with this character. I totally know exactly what I'm doing. I'm professional. But she mm-hmm. is so bad at delivering these, like, infomercial kind of lines. So the only, like, really giving the writers a huge benefit of the doubt answer that I can give you for this is that she's just, like, really terrible at, like, improv and creating her own characters. But she is a studier of the human, like, psyche and can become a person and impersonate really well but cannot create her own things which to me doesn't make sounds like a sociopath (laughs) because 
then she should still be able to follow a projection of a character given yeah. to her. I know. It's it's weird. I don't... Dan, it, everything you just described is just acting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to give him something. And this isn't to say that Cheryl Taxaria is a bad actress. No. Because I think she portrays Katie very well. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah. That just Katie, as a character and as an actress and as a waitress, is bad at most of all of those things. Well, we don't know if she's a bad waitress. Actually, she's a, is she she's a bad waitress? She's, she's actually a pretty good waitress. Yeah, I will give her fine. that. Yeah. So we haven't she's seen her. We haven't seen her drop anything comedically or anything like that. So. And how no, do we feel no. about that? Do Which we, I don't. Do need. we? Do we feel like I that's a good thing? That like he's a good I waitress. Mean, yeah. Maybe that's part of acting. Well, right she's now she's at. a manager. Yeah. <laughs> they keep forgetting that. Also, yeah. I would say she's a bad act, bad uh, waitress because she spends most of her time talking to her friends and family. <laughs> yeah, but her boss doesn't really seem to care. <laughs> her boss yeah, so I think that about. would be an interesting part of an episode. <laughs> It was somebody's. What? So we have really yet to see any actual customers. Yeah. Like, in, so, oh no, they're always like what about, sitting. What about no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, I, I'm saying customers that are just being customers. Yeah. Like, I want just like some random person sitting around being like, I've been waiting 30 minutes you know, here for my bagel, and all we're doing is dealing with these middle school girls here. And there's a big scene. Yeah. You know when we would get this is if there was an episode where they were learning responsibility by working at the bakery. Like the kids. Uh, but we, I mean, we already have the cafeteria episode, so I feel like doing both of that would be kind of dumb. But Well, because no, because then it can become more about earning money, and they can do yeah. the kind of selling the clothes, but actually slightly differently. Yeah. <laughs> so scene five Lucas comes in he is exasperated and uh life Poor is, Lucas. life is what we do between nothing pretty uh, great what the is this a New York thing or what is this I really like this pretty this is a New York thing great. again it's when he's mildly <laughs> agitated yeah these are the great things yeah and I will say the one part where I felt like they were slightly acknowledging secret of life I, I do think that there was one part between all the the narrator things where his voice got in a certain range where he actually seemed angry. Yeah, when he was um, yelling at the class and yelling at them, yeah. and then he puts his hands on his desk, and he's, yeah. like, very angry. So the I horse. did at least like he's that. He's as strong as a horse. <laughs> yes. It doesn't even work on it. <laughs> <laughs> he just is. Also, I loved his nose, both to Maya coming in as Riley and... Yeah. Oh, I thought you just... <laughs> oh, nose, like as in yeah. nostrils. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, that's what she thought. I thought that's what I, I thought like maybe at one point when he was angry like his nostrils yeah, flared. I was like those nostrils. I thought I was like, wow Dan, you're really paying attention. Uh, I always pay attention to Peyton's nose, it's his best feature. It's where he's ticklish the most. Yeah. Okay. Um yep. yes. <laughs> that's a reference to Twitter. It's, I'm not that weird. Maybe I'm a little he's weird. He's that weird. Um Dan, you're the one who said it though. No, originally. But- no. No, that was Keith. Or I oh. said I you might have said eyebrow. I don't I know. Anyway, moving on. Um, Maya flirts comes in as Riley. How did you feel about all of this? That was great. <laughs> was, like and she actually did a really good job. Yeah, she did. And I think it was actually kind of weird because she looked a lot more like Riley than I expected her to be able to look. Mm, yeah. I'm not saying it was like they were identical, but like they could have given her a darker wig. If I don't she... know why they gave her, like, a reddish wig. Yeah, that was a little strange. But... Well, I was watching through the Skype, so... <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> 
No, yeah, they gave her like a reddish wig. It was. Why I mean, it was still. Uh, it was clearly wig. brown, but it had like highlights of red, kind of thing. Just like yeah. it, it's not like Riley has hard hair to color to match. Yeah. They probably just had a wig that they picked that they grabbed. Is the budget that low? <laughs> they cut the subway, okay? It was supposed to be a hit show, and yet they were just cutting things. I don't know. Anyways, um, So Corey comes in, and he's upset. Please be back to normal. Please be back to normal. Uh, Lucas Wait, tries- how did you- What? Well, you mentioned the nose, but I wanted to kind of talk about that a little more. Oh, okay. More, what about where it? Where the the flirting, like, hi, Lucas, hi. Like, I didn't... Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> no! Hi. No! That was the best. That was, like, that's, that's actually one of my favorite Lucas moments ever now. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, A, just poor Lucas. <laughs> like, I really do Seems feel bad for very stressed. I feel really bad for Lucas in the middle of this circus. There's going to be a spin-off show of just Lucas in the guidance counselor's <laughs> office talking about all his weird friends. And it's just, it's like it's like just like a special that comes on in between the commercial breaks. It's like oh my five god, minutes, it's 5 minutes episodes and it's just like it's just called like Lucas time. I like, picture quiet, just like quiet time with Lucas. And just, I just picture like, him like curled up and like rocking back and yeah. forth. <laughs> Holding a holding a stuffed sheet, and then Farkle took over the class again. <laughs> and then I came in, and the girls are just crazy. They're so crazy. This but is... I really like them. Do and my guys... teacher has no control over the class whatsoever. Do you guys like? I I think I've tweeted about this, but I don't know if I ever talked about it on the on the show. That I would love. I would love an episode called like Lucas Meets Worlds, where it's like f- completely with lucas focused on lucas see his family life see his day just like totally through his vantage yeah and i I mean at one point i was saying i wanted maya meets world but now like every episode is maya meets world i think a great i really like that however the title of the episode would be girl meets lucas meets world i think a great (laughs) way (laughs) and i'd be very upset to do that would be a sort of a gimmick in the way that we view it so, for instance, if it has something to do with Skype calls or, like, some sort of video chat where we have Lucas away or somebody's away mm-hmm. and we're, um, we're able to cross over through a, a screen at some point in time and have a different way of viewing it with different kinds of camera angles. I'm thinking about an episode of M.A.S.H. in which the camera was set as to be a a patient's view of all the time it was the characters talking directly into the camera and things like that mm-hmm. and i'm totally seeing an opportunity to do something creative here where if yeah. they're gonna do that and make that jump they can figure out some sort of mechanic and some sort of for lack of a better word it's a gimmick to make yeah. it make sense and make it interesting and switch it up from the normal flow yeah to me it reminds me of on scrubs they had a thing they would do semi-regularly in the later seasons where jd would like tuck someone for an episode and they would take over as the narrator and that episode would be about them more specifically and uh so i can see stuff like that yeah working um all right so lucas is being good um as lucas the good as he might and i, I also so i really like that like, Corey got super excited and was like yeah. if you end this with iceland or greenland i'll give you an a right now. i was just gonna say that. <laughs> that also he says line. he says you're the only one i recognize in this class further proving he has no idea who the extras are <laughs> Like, oh, something's wrong with the core form? <laughs> Gotta stop everything. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, none of the extras have changed, Corey. Uh, oh, also, that's not true, but... Yeah. 
No, I mean in that instance, mm. all of the extras were the same the entire yeah, through the yeah. episode. Yeah, you're saying, yeah. Well, but they did flip flop on what ship they liked, and suddenly they don't care about Maya. They're like, we don't need Maya as long as someone's being Riley, whatever. Or whoever plays Riley. Yeah. Was that meta? I was confused. I assume that has to do with. Uh, I'm guessing Sabrina probably tried out for Riley first. That might be actually. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm I, trying to remember. I, I, I had right. a feeling that that was a reference to that, and they're mm-hmm. kind of doing things like this is what it would have been like, showing yeah. that she could have also pulled that off. Yeah, and which I thought was interesting, and maybe their hesitation to Maya has to do with her the last incident in which she took over the class. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Let's talk about Lucas absolutely floundering in the end, especially when he's talking to Maya. <laughs> yes, that was great, actually. I really like I see, I, this is the thing. I don't actually agree with you, Keith, that he got bad with time. Because uh, I think this is great. He was, go, go ahead, Caitlin. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, just that he's like, come on, help me. Like, you've got a great life. What's wrong? Well, not a great life. Your family life could be better. <laughs> and Sabrina's facial expressions <laughs> to those words were great. And it's just like, oh, oh my God, Luke. Luke, like, I was embarrassed for Luke and cringing for him. I'm like, honey, stop talking, baby. Like, you need to stop. You're going to die. <laughs> oh, yes, that was good. Um. <laughs> so, how do you feel about Maya basically deciding that Riley's the best person she can be, and sort of her her going to peer pressure too? You know, it is. Kaya. What? Kaya. Raya. Like cryogenically frozen. No, no, Raya. <laughs> it is interesting because it... we're gonna freeze Riley. <laughs> Maya will stare at her all the time as she slowly takes over who she is, and that suddenly frozen Riley becomes her mirror every day as she gets ready for the world. Well, this is scary. And then that your turn. And that, that, my friends, is Maya meets world. That's Morosha meets world. Um, Maya meets serial killer. So it is interesting. Because it harkens back to a lot of these things where she's questioning her own role in the friendship and considering that she's trying to be more optimistic now. And before it was kind of a fight and a struggle. And now it's more of something that's kind of growing inside of her and popping up every once in a while, which actually is good Mm -hmm. continuity. And this becomes a sort of outlet for that, that she is thinking and feeling these ways with the excuse of acting as a proxy. For, yeah, for her. And so it's interesting, also that like I wouldn't have really bought her like being insecure about the class feeling this way in season one, but in light mm-hmm. of things like Mister Squirrels and stuff, where it's like she clearly is an insecure character. At least now they're writing her that way. That like I buy this, and that like I, the thing is, I think that you're supposed to think from things like rules and stuff that Riley wants to be Maya and Maya wants to be Riley. And they're gonna find a or at kind least, of in the or middle. at least a lot of the time they have yeah. feelings like that. I don't think yeah. you can treat anything like that. And as a oh, they feelings. oh they have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that Dan knows me so. Well. <laughs> I know. I was just saying that for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it for me. Yeah. All right. So la 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 la. Peace and bunnies and stuff. Um, scene six. That was okay. I feel like there were I like, like that. obviously. Yeah. Well. 
uh, obviously for it's because of the episode that everything is so heightened and everything. Yeah. Um, I do think that they took like the caricature of Riley a little too far. I mean, which they've is been doing fine. that a lot lately. <laughs> I think that's fine because specifically that's her impersonating her, and they're, yeah, and they're they're definitely poking fun yeah. specifically to that end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we get this mini little Katie Topanga scene. It's pretty much just there to make Katie and Sean fans be excited. Um, Shady Haunter. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's interesting, too, because I also think it kind of contradicts other things from this episode. Because, so she says that if you're really close to someone, like, it gets mm-hmm. blurry. You can't be, you can't really be them. And so yeah. are you telling me that Maya doesn't have extreme close feelings for... Riley? Yeah, exactly. So that doesn't make um, sense to me. I think it would be it's it, in a different way. No, but but he was saying that he said cuz for cause I, the Sean thing I think is different, sure. But she said I can't do Maya either. That's where it originally came from. And I think if Katie can't do Maya, then Maya should be able to do Riley. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but that has <laughs> I mean, I'm not I like know. super upset the, about it. The, I just Yeah, it, it I mean it becomes one of those weird things because it's specifically we don't really sure what any of this is coming from as far as mm. her abilities. Um, yeah. So that's definitely part of it. I, I do believe that it's completely conceivable that she, following these magical rules of the universe, which allows her to do this, is yeah. able to do Riley, but not mm. Maya. Because you can care about somebody but not be super close to them. You know what I mean? Mm. But in this case... It's, well, I'm not, we're not saying Ka- we're not saying Katie shouldn't be able to do Riley. We're saying Maya shouldn't. Well, that's the first thing yeah. you said. Though. That was the first thing. Do you th- I think I just m- might have mis- misspoken. All I'm saying is that if Katie can't do Maya, Maya shouldn't be able to do Riley. Yeah, that's, I, that's and, I, and no, I agree with Maya, that. If, if that's the logic they're going to follow, well, no, because Maya doesn't have to follow the same rules as katie but these are the rules that they're setting yeah katie katie's saying it as the omniscient like this is the rules of becoming an actor and you can never really you can never really impersonate someone that you actually care about because you get too close and blah 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 and uh you know i i I, if you want to bend the rules here a little bit and actually make it more real i think it does make sense that these two best friends would be completely able to take on yeah. each other's personalities but a mother daughter kind of thing would be harder because that's because a they have a, they all they also have a tumultuous relationship it's, yeah and it's also a different kind of relationship that's got directions that only go in certain ways mm. and that makes for instance yeah i would say that the time spent between the characters which are friends mm. is a different kind of um sincerity there yeah there's nothing really held back or there still can be kind of these kind of secrets and sort of like presentations and poses of this is who i am when it's a a parental thing so what's your explanation Mm. of her not being able to do sean well that's the gimmick of it well that no i think the difference what what he's saying the difference is that sean she has romantic feelings for and you're not supposed to read riley and maya as having romantic feelings you're not (laughs) i know we do but i'm not i don't think they're aiming for that i don't even think it has anything to do with it i just think that (laughs) i'm just arguing to the the idea that why the girls can do it crash your little boats and (laughs) ice no Um, i do want to say get your facts straight (laughs) 
I do. My apologies. <laughs> I do at least like that they're giving this little scene to the two friends, and it is good continuity, even if it is just like shipping fodder. Good continuity to bring up the Sean and Katie stuff, even when Sean isn't there. You know, continue that thread. That seems like that's it makes the world seem more real if you bring it up more. So I'm fine with it. I like this little moment. Um, Personally, uh, this was my least favorite scene. I can see that. It just was a little lackluster. I just didn't care for it. Scene seven. Lucas isn't okay with any of this. Lucas is flipping out. (laughs) He is not happy. Corey asks questions, and we go from Donnie to Riley to Black Swan. Black Swan. Love it. (laughs) That's it. They all died. Wait, yeah, they did. Wait, really? (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff, good stuff. Um... Yep, everybody came to this ice ball because someone said it was pretty, and then they all ice died. Ice ball. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, so don't pay attention to what everybody says because that's, like, not important. Don't, like, crash your little ships. All right, so. Let's I... talk about the brother thing. Yeah, okay. Well, do we want? I think the ships thing is interesting as a separate yes. thing. Um, what do you think that's saying? That's clearly meta. Yeah. But I'm not really shipping. sure what it's saying. You think there was meta for relationships? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, this, yeah. Oh, especially followed by the brother comment. It's 100% meta talking about. And, oh. with the, and with the class being meta about the ships in this episode, too. I... Yeah, and then when Maya, Maya, then when Maya freaks out, she says, we don't care what you say. We're not crashing our ships. Yeah, yeah. So we're not going to crash our relationships. Really? Dude, how'd you not get this? <laughs> that seems way too... I... I... I way too contemporary of like the vernacular. Oh, Michael, Keith, Mile, Michael Jacobs is on Twitter. Yeah, Michael Jacobs <laughs> totally knows about the ships. Oh, yeah, Keith, I know. I, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying I'm unaccustomed to. Also, Teresa Kale wrote this episode. No, I understand. I just I'm not accustomed to that kind of contemporary vernacular used in that metaphorical way. Um. I kind of want to hold off on the, specifically the ship thing, actually, because we have some emails. The ship train has <laughs> Just because we have some emails and stuff that will talk about it. But we should train. talk about the brother thing. Yeah. That confused um, we need me. To, I didn't we need to understand. Talk about it. How, how do you guys interpret this? I have All my right. feelings, it could be, but go ahead. It, could, it no. could be a few things. Yeah. The most obvious, mm-hmm. is, despite Katie's... Um, Warning. interfering with this logic yep. would be that Maya found out a secret about Riley that Ma- that Riley and Lucas would either A, be you know, better off in a brother-sister relationship or that that's actually how Riley sees it but can't tell because it's the first boy she's ever liked. Mm-hmm. Or doesn't um, want to admit to herself. Yeah. yeah, or you know, he's the overprotect- he's kind of the overprotective brother type like I was talking yeah. about. Um, and, you know, she likes that mm-hmm. um, kind of protection but doesn't realize in what way because he's the first boy that she's liked in any kind of way. Yeah. Either way, I've... it definitely suggests that we are now totally gonna start moving towards oh. lucas and maya or at least away from riley right. and lucas well i think um, i think just the idea that they they said you know they're they're two the same they're different they were the well, favorite couple I think well here's the thing the i agree at the same time i do want to say i think that it could also just be that subconsciously or not even subconsciously that this is just a fear of riley's that the reason she flips out mm-hmm. about people thinking that uh, that 
Maya and Lucas have this great fire. He's like, are we just like brother and sister? Do we not have the fire? Would he be better off with her? I think that that, so that, that wouldn't necessarily lead it to it. The definitive yes is like, yes, they would be better off. I also, this is the moment because it's so pivotal that really does bother me as far as continuity goes, because this is like the climax of the episode and is terrible continuity in my opinion, because Riley and Lucas are not brothers, not brother and sister. He is not exactly like Riley. He has this whole past. He has this whole redemption story. He's not the same person. And I think that that's like, they're trying to make me think that they, that he is just like Riley and he isn't. Maybe Maya cares too much about Riley that she's not actually imitating her, but projecting her own desires that she wants them to be more like brother and sister because that's how she views them. That's too complicated. Yeah, I think it. I think that. The... Well, I mean, if Katie's, if that Katie scene didn't exist, mm-hmm. or will actually be because that Katie which, scene. Which exists, Katie scene are you talking about? The first the one or the second one? The second one where she's like, "Oh, I can't do this." If that, mm-hmm. because that exists, yeah. is why I think that that might be part of it. That I mean, first of all, that is the only savior that Rukus Shippers had right now is that Katie said that. Well, I think I, I think my other the other savior is just that it's a fear and not a reality. That like she's worried that they would be better together, but it's just, it's just an insecurity and not really like something. It's like something she has to overcome and find confidence about. As opposed to yeah, and what what further confuses me is the fact that she said all this out loud in the middle of class, and, and then Riley asked, "What did you discover?" And she says nothing, when she yeah, obviously just silly. said this all out loud and said, "Oh wait, yeah. oops, what?" That was probably the weakest part of the episode. I just, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, I get that it's aiming the ship train cannon mm. away. <laughs> From Riley and Lucas <laughs> and towards <laughs> and towards Lucas and Maya, I get that. But as far as the inner working mechanics, like w- what kind of you know ammunition is in this cannon, I just am not yeah. picking up on. Well, okay. So something I want to talk about that I I think a lot of people were confused. Unless this is an interpretation you think could be valid, I think a lot of people took it as Maya was realizing that he just sees Lucas as a brother. And I think that's completely them being confused by that. the episode. No, I yeah, I think that's just no. completely confusion. My and... understanding is that Maya came to realization that Riley has a secret fear that she is not compatible with Lucas because of mm-hmm. this too much sameness and because of this too much innocence. Yeah. Which I don't agree is a great lesson or theme or realization but that's what i got as for the reasons yeah. that also, lead us to get there i'm not that, sure but the whole idea that opposites attract is so stupid like, stupid I mean, countries i think they physically do they can like on a superficial passion level they can, opposites can attract but that doesn't necessarily I'm, yeah, I'm saying, but as a golden dating rule yeah. that you hear over and over again in society, mm-hmm. it's really stupid yeah. and can lead to really bad things. Well, the other thing I want to ask you about, because I know a lot of people just thought it was like uber ridiculous that the way this realization was come to was, you know, Maya just says rainbows and bunnies and blah, 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 and suddenly she figures out things that Riley doesn't even know. Yeah. Like, do you buy that, or did it just comp- come off as completely silly to you? It's just the whole redemption scenes, these kind of realization, sudden epiphany kind of turn moments, the series so far has really not gotten down. 
and I don't know. I think I I just don't think they needed it for this episode. I think this episode could have just stayed strong with simply focusing on Riley trying to find herself. I don't think yeah. they needed some dark hidden secret because I don't think that that's what this episode was. Well, this episode was you know, supposed to be over the top hold and on, silly. In that but, way. But nothing, something we didn't talk about, though, is what the catalyst was for what Riley changing. This episode actually was all about this ending moment because the whole thing is that he changes out of freaking out about the Maya and Lucas favorite couple thing. Well, let's back up then and get back into my favorite discussion is why they have one lesson and then randomly switch to a, a weird off sh- offshoot. So I don't think it. Okay, we uh, d- it definitely happened. It was definitely not. Really? It was not anywhere as destructive as it has been in other episodes. But the lesson, like the lesson of this, the main theme that it started out with, was sort of this adolescent self discovery, the yeah. trying out different things, seeing who you are, especially because yeah. it came back to it at the end with Fargo. Okay. Um, I wouldn't uh, actually agree with that. I would say the opening lesson is the ice is the Iceland and Greenland of of don't let peer pressure decide who you are, be who you are, and like re- who you are, how you react to these things. What people yeah, people say. I think is I think that's really all part of it. I think that totally fits into the the idea of self actualization. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally organically part of that. Yeah. Now the separate thing now becomes the secret. Yeah. The secret that Maya discovers or projects onto Riley. And that becomes See, a sort of side thing. Like you said, for, if you removed yeah. the scene where Katie can't do Maya and can't do Sean, and if you yeah. removed the scene where she says, just or just the end of the scene where she says, oh, it's like we're a family, we're like we're brothers, the episode mm-hmm. would be have a complete normal flow there'll be See, nothing okay, missing. but, I, but I, I don't i don't agree with you for two for two things a i i come back to i think that that would be ignoring the catalyst of why she changed in the first place that it wasn't just about pressure it was about this specific insecurity about maya and lucas and so i think that that was into the dna of the episode from the beginning i i also want to say i think that yes there are these two separate themes the difference that i think is is happening here is that i actually think that they did both of them and that they both made sense and that they didn't get in the way of each other necessarily well i totally agree that this is by far one of the better instances of this but yeah. i think it's important to acknowledge that it's following a similar pattern that we've been pointing yeah. out i also do have going back and like thinking about season one of boy meets world and watching old episodes and stuff boy meets world did this quite a bit too it's just that they usually pulled it off in a more cohesive way they they often had multiple lessons going on at once okay scene eight so maya rips down the drapes and she basically she's like wow there's a lot of light in this world <laughs> and uh basically maya finally gets through to riley and we did we come back to this whole secret thing of maya's not telling her the secret how, Maya, do you, how do you feel yeah, about that? sunshine. <laughs> so cute. How do you feel about the lack of tell? Like, why do you think he's not telling her? I don't think she wants the. I I think it could be two things. One that she wants to kind of let her go on her own journey and discover mm-hmm. things for herself, and yeah. that if this magical acting didn't happen, mm-hmm. Maya wouldn't know this anyways. Yeah. Or 
she just doesn't want to hurt Riley because yeah, I think it's a protection Riley, thing. Yeah, Riley is the most precious thing in the world to her. Obviously, <laughs> ring power, um, curses, and <laughs> and also Maya protecting Riley. I think that's the best best person she can be. Mm. Not being Riley, but protecting Riley and being Aww. good to Riley. I... Putting her head on her shoulder. I mean, they were just so her. cute. <laughs> Guys, did you see them? Yeah, they were so adorable. It's definitely interesting that she is protecting her like this. Um, mm-hmm. I am just still so confused about the mechanics of how the secret is revealed, how true it is, and where it comes from. Oh, okay. So this that... is something I wanted to, to, to mention, actually. is that I actually do buy it just in that I think it's in character for Maya to know Riley better than Riley knows herself. And that, yeah, they've said this yeah. before. And yeah. I think that sometimes someone from the outside can realize things that you don't necessarily think of. Like, because I, I don't think that I don't think Riley sits and ponders the universe on a normal basis. She's just bopping around, and <laughs> I think that Maya would think about things a lot more deeply. And so I think she can see deeper into Riley than necessarily Riley yeah. looks. And I totally buy that. Yeah, I just think the actual mechanic of how it happened. And how sure of it she was just yeah. from what happened. Yeah. That throws me off. Whereas if I had maybe two scenes that solidified something like this and made me really think that they they worked on this and became more sure of it other than just saying it out loud once in class and saying, oh, this must yeah. be true all of a sudden. Then if she then protected her from this secret... I would have felt more invested in it, but I think I do like the idea in general of yeah. her being this sort of protecting her through silence kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that. I mean, I think the mechanics of of these weird rules they made up for acting were, were goofy. I just think that at least I believe that Maya could figure out things about Riley that Riley wouldn't think about. Yeah, but I, I just, yeah, and also I'm the still... protecting thing brings it back to Pluto. Mm-hmm. Iceland and Pluto, I'm so happy. <laughs> um, and it brings it back to Pluto, where, like, you know, she wants to protect her She by, again, not telling her, I'm not gonna tell her, like... Yeah. And, you know, let her just please, like, give her the world she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is great. I think it just suffers from the overstatement. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's a shame. That's, that's most things on this show. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's particularly a shame in an instance like this because we have Bay Window, and these are the kind of things we want to have the least effect of this overstatement. Mm-hmm. We want these to be the most visceral, the most sincere type of exchanges between these characters. And therefore, when I'm thinking about all this in the setup, when I have to then, you know, wonder how effective it is because of the setup, you know, yeah. I'm a little bit... Mm, yeah. I, I, I definitely get that. Let, let's end out here. I guess these last two scenes are about Luke, about <clears throat> Farco won't change for... Like, he won't go, go back kind of thing. And he will grow and experiment and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, what do you think about this? I am interested that they went in the direction they did because of all the history of this instant redemption mm-hmm. that we've grown accustomed to in this series. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. I think that 
it's a good character to apply the sentiment to. Yeah, I agree. I think that it belittles the need for the sentiment for this character, particularly in the way that it was done. I think that there are a lot better ways they could have handled it, and there are more important things they could have dealt with in terms of growth with this character of Farquhar that they just let slide. That being said, it's open for another episode. I don't know if they... Ruined I also, it. I just think they didn't really get into it. Well, also the promo for semi-formal kind of made it look like this might continue into next week, kind of thing, um, where like the Lucas reacts to seeing Farkle in a certain way or something. So I don't know if it's going to continue with his kanging. I-, I do think it was overly vague about what it is that he wanted to kank, why he was kanking it, and what he was going to actually do. Like, all, the only, like, specific thing that we got is, I won't always wear my turtlenecks. Yeah. I am so, definitely afraid, though, that this seems like a step in the right direction, but actually it's just a symptom of them saying, you know what, we have this character, we wanted him to be nerdy, but he's growing up, maybe we can turn him into also more glamorized here. We're just going to mm-hmm. cash into that, and it's going to be kind of like how Topanga was the weird kid and yeah. then turned into the well, pretty girl. Well, it's all back to my pilot prediction of R- Farkle and Riley, will, if that Farkle will be her actual Topanga. Yeah. And that I he'll just, start, out, start out weird and get toned down and eventually they'll end up There's just together. so many characters going through so many 180s that, and then they get reverted and backed up again, yeah. that it just seems... One too many, particularly because there's so much growth that needs to happen. If they mm-hmm. just if they just hook a 180 and just make that he's now kind of cool and he's like approachable in this kind of way that facilitates a romantic relationship that's without this baggage, mm-hmm. that's going to be unfortunate. I'm going to feel that it's a cop-out. Well, the thing is... I think it's interesting that they keep having these, like, Farkle episodes that, like, aren't give. He's not given enough. Like, like Flaws, he's, like, one of the people with the least amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. This episode, like, I th- like, as much as I love the humor, as much as I think, like, the Moesha stuff, or Marosha. Marosha. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think I'm saying Moesha because of Eric calling yeah. Maya. Mo- yeah. It's confusing. <laughs> um... Because I love that stuff, but I honestly probably like we haven't had a Farkle centric thing like all season, right? So like, do you know what it is? We have Farkle in one of two roles: either he is dehumanizing other characters by mm-hmm. stepping over them, or becoming dehumanized by becoming this weird abstract symbol that then serves as a catalyst for mm-hmm. a character that needs to be protected or helped. I think that's the biggest thing. We never really have much humanity injected into the character of Farkle. We will never be able to feel anything from him as sincere as we will when we have Maya talking to Riley because we just don't have that enough of that backdrop of who he is and why he is that because he's still just this facade. He's still Mm -hmm. this either joke or he's this emergency bird that needs to be protected. Well, you know, one thing that I've been thinking about that is like very needed for him is, and we did actually get a tiny bit of this at the very end of this episode is we've had very few scenes where it's just Farkle and one other character. And like, so like 
I've been I was waiting and waiting all season one for a good scene that was just Lucas and Riley. And then when we finally got that in New World, I was like, okay, I'm finally on board with this. And we we get tons of scenes with just Maya and Riley, and that's what makes that work really well. And I, I think Farkle, he's always in these big group scenes saying these big, like, crazy things. We just need, like, human moments. And yeah, I think that really is indicative yeah. to the fact that he is not a character that could stand alone as a good friend. It's why we keep having to be told he is and keep having to be told he's loyal because if they, they mm. can't show it because they haven't had enough setup for that yet. Mm. You know, he would not function well in a one-on-one situation because he's mm. not good enough of, of a character to do that yet. I think it really, in my opinion, hurts them that they that they set Farkle up as someone that they've known forever rather than, like, a wounded bird that Riley wanted to take in Mm -hmm. at at the beginning of, like, middle school. Yeah. Kind of like the way she wanted to with Smackle. Yeah. And I think, like, if Farkle stuck more in that instance, like, she met him at the... the, Riley and Maya met him at the beginning of um, middle school, and they could see that he was being bullied, and Riley wanted to take him in as a wounded bird, and that... And and Maya was like, no, he's so annoying, like... Yeah. Uh, I will. I will say that reminded me that the one other one-on-one moment we had with him was in flaws when Riley hugged him, and I don't think. I mean, and in the library with Maya. Yeah, and I think both those moments again. I didn't won't love flaws, but I think both those moments were strong moments, and so I do want more of that. Yeah. So what All you're right. saying is they should be hour-long episodes. Yeah, or a three-part yes. finale is what they really yeah. need. Do you what know, the hell? Do you know about this game? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I don't even understand. They have 30 they okay? episodes. They See, don't know what to do. That's not even Are a thing. Are they okay? A three-part finale is not even a thing. A two-part finale is a thing. A three-part is not even a thing. This is like all the... This <laughs> it's is not like, even a thing, guys. This is like every time there's a series in a movie now where they're doing 10% a sequel. 10% of the season is going to be just ending it. <laughs> Uh, the sequel or the prequel has to have multiple installments. It's a way to cash yeah. in. It's something that in the last couple of years they found works. They can get the ratings up. They can get the viewership. So they just do it because it somehow makes them more money. It well, sensationalizes I mean, here, here's it. Here's the thing, though. I mean, three is a is a good number. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. in storytelling, you have a beginning, middle, and an end. You have a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think they could. It, it's not like ridiculous to me. I, I hope it airs in one night or maybe two nights or maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or something. I don't know. But you don't want to wait three weeks for the finale. <laughs> yeah, it just seems that weird. would be terrible. Also, the thing is, it's not even the... a finale then. <laughs> yeah. The thing that makes it ner- like me nervous, though, is that if it's a three part finale, it's an episode they think is like big and important and dramatic. And whenever they are like, this is going to be an important, dramatic thing, it doesn't go our way. And And by that, we mean it sucks. (laughs) I was putting it delicately. Um, And so I hope that it's handled well. I 100% hope that it's not about shipping. Um, I don't think it will be. I think it will be about Sean. Because that's not about shipping? Well... Well, I, mean, I think it'll be focused on the Sean Maya yeah. connection and the, the development of that. I, 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 I still am assuming it will it, the finale, the final part of the finale, will end with a Mister Turner situation. 
but I'm not saying I want that. I'm just saying that's what I'm assuming. But Katie actually somehow is good at being an actress, and Sarah's dad gives her a job in Hollywood, <laughs> and she has to go to California to pursue her dreams, and she leaves Maya with Sean. Mm-hmm. Backstreet Gem is pulling for her to die. <laughs> I personally don't feel that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> mail time? But no, hold on. A couple, oh. couple side things. What? BT dubs. The the promos for the next app. Oh yeah. Who is this band? Do people know this band? I know that song. Shepherd? The, Ger- the Geronimo song. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty popular song. I'm not familiar. You're not hip. Keith, you've definitely heard it in the radio with me when we were in your car. You don't know my life. <laughs> Keith is not hip. He is not happening. Um I like the song. I don't really like stunt things like this. I, I was um, bringing it up for a couple reasons. A, because I just I was wondering if they were actually popular. Mm. I, I assume they were based on the reaction. Yeah. Do you guys feel like this is the first step opening up into the sort of Hannah Montana tization of the show? They're making it this kind of spectacle of pop culture and I mean kind of I think I think it's just another Disney thing. We've already had things like Girl Meets Fish and Demolition and stuff, and them just throwing in random crazy Disney spectacle once Why in a while. Why World had guest stars like this? That's true. But treated in a very different way. Yeah, they were characters. But I I, I can see where you're coming. I mean, I, I doesn't really bother me because I don't think it's going to be an every episode thing. Also, I'm just excited because it's the first hint of dating around that they're bringing in this side character that is... That's get- not like 100% true, though. They had Mick Foley... What? The wrestler with the sock. The rest. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, but that. But that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a yes. That was horrible. <laughs> and B, there's a big difference between bringing in a wrestler and knowing it's cheesy and gimmicky and being bringing in a band and trying yeah. to make it cool well, and it's gonna interrupt we're gonna, t- we're gonna be like okay everybody pause the episode now now we're gonna watch a music video yeah. okay now we're back to the episode and so <laughs> and ha- i also say that having just recently watched the end of another dance episode i thought because what was it it's the um it's jesse i saw a dance at Jesse at the end, right before Girl Meets World, it was a very similar situation where there was a band playing, and I think it was a famous band, and they were all dancing to them, and so it was like I'm picturing the exact same thing happening. And I mean, it's not terrible, but was it's one just... of the members of the band the one hitting on Riley? I assume I so. Uh, I don't think so because I think they're significantly older, um, and he's middle school age. But I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so is Peyton. <laughs> it's like 30 it I'm doesn't even sure work guys on it. are pretty <laughs> it doesn't even work mail time <laughs> wait no you skipped me Dan what? oh yeah I'm sorry Skipper. that was on purpose I forgot, I forgot. We, we planned this no, earlier it's okay. <laughs> keep your jerk you don't even know what I'm about to say I know what you're anyways say. so sometimes after the episodes we check we try to check, like, other uh, social media things other than Twitter. And I was on the Girl Meets World Facebook uh, page trying to see 
people who don't follow our podcast and what general um reception felt yeah perceptions of the episode were uh the girl Wings world facebook page is run by at bmw sequel and i saw i was so i was just reading through the comments to see what people are thinking and i and i saw a really interesting um comment from someone who said that the ending scene with uh, Farkle and Lucas, and, you know, Lucas asking, like, who's the new Farkle? What's the rules? And, like, you know, Farkle needs to grow as a human, and also saying, like, he needs to run tests and experiment as a scientist, that they said that there were strong homosexual undertones, um, and that Farkle has a thing for Lucas and that this would the, that's what he was implying by the test and that's why Lucas was kind of taken aback by it. I don't know. I don't know how much I buy it, um, but I thought it was really interesting, especially because they were saying, you know, like this is like the puberty coming of age, he's trying to find himself. So, it was a really If anything, theory. I think Lucas is more into far. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's interesting. Yeah, when I, I just, watched I that, my understanding was the tests were trying out different identities and like yeah. becoming yeah. Donnie. Becoming, I think that's what most people thought. Yeah. I at the same time, I thought it was worth mentioning. I can see how you could possibly. It could be good head cannon as that. What'd you say? Head cannon is like cannon in the cannon. Oh in your head. no! I just thought you said something else that would have inappropriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this awkward moment brought to you by Kayla. <laughs> 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 this awkward moment brought to you by Audible.com. <laughs> Someone please tell us that there's a book called This Awkward Moment on Audible. <laughs> they should... If so, we recommend it. And you should use audibletrial.com slash podcast to listen to your free audiobook of This Awkward Moment. Is there not like a parody song of this magic moment called <laughs> this awkward moment because if that would be not, amazing call up weird al <laughs> anyway um so yeah i don't know i wanted to show you guys that i wanted to bring this interesting theory uh to our listeners um I'm not going to say the individual's name because it was their Facebook and not like a Twitter yeah. handle, so that'd be rude. Um, I also just don't know this person. I was reading. I mean, they did put it on like a public thing for everybody. It to was see. Jim yeah. Morrison. <laughs> what? Okay. So I think I understand why people could read it that way, and I would be it would be interesting if that was where they went. I don't think that's yeah. what they're going for, but, you know. Yeah, but, like, when it, I mean, this person went red, like, they kind of backed up their theory, so I was like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 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 again, I am still just afraid that if they go that route, the character of Farkle being the most boyish and effeminate of the male characters becoming the gay character, I'm not super on board with. Even if Lucas also was gay with him. No, because then we have yeah. the you have the two stereotypes. You have yeah. the the effeminate boyish one and you have the macho man cowboy. And yeah. that's just like are you even trying? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Lucas created a lot of hips with that so. <laughs> I mean, oh did people god. not already pick oh, up shit. on that? <laughs> 
And also, I would be afraid that they would kind of use this as an excuse for how he treated the girls. Yeah. yeah. I'm also afraid that him now growing as a human is like, they're never going to address this, which I don't think they're going to, but it makes me even more feel like they're never going to. And it's like, wow, GMW writers, could you just try? I don't think they think it's a problem that needs to be fixed. Well, it's a huge problem. Yep, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I know and you know whose fault it is? Donald Trump. Yep. And oh. and Donnie Barnes. <laughs> and what? Donnie Barnes. Donnie Barnes. <laughs> He'd probably be more of a womanizer. Who? Donnie Barnes. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. All right, mail, mail time, time is time now because we have a lot of mail to come. Um, all right all right so if you want to be part of mail time you can send us an email at gmwpodcast at gmail.com check us out on twitter at gmwpodcast send us a rating or review on itunes or sticker uh check out our website gmwpodcast.com it has links to the audible stuff if you want to do it that way it has uh, youtube videos it has our twitter it has a contact us button so check us there. Also, check out our guest blogs we've been putting up. I've put up three of them now, two from Gemma and one from Nan, and they've been getting a lot of traffic and excitement, and the writers even read one of them, and JB Gaynor retweeted Gemma's. It's all very exciting. If you want to write us a guest blog, you can send us an email at gmwpodcast.gmail.com. Send us like your ideas, and we'll talk to you about it. Yeah, let us know that you want it to be a guest blog and not, like, a read on the air or just a simply letting us know kind of thing. Like, let us know that, hey, like, I want this to be a guest blog. Here's my first draft. Also, before we, like, officially get into emails and stuff, I want to do, like, a little bit of housekeeping and just say, I'm sorry that we, like, stink and are, like, super behind on a lot of emails. You totally just (laughs) reminded me of something. (gasps) Totally. What? Totally was going to forget to do this. Okay, go ahead. Because I've been waiting for the next podcast to for announce the perfect the release, moment the, to announce the release of the special Kagawi promo photos. Yes, they're here, yeah. guys. <laughs> they're ready. It only took He's him actually... three months. It was March, I think, or was it May? It might have been May. When was Premiere Week? I think it was May. I don't know. Either way, it took him a while. <laughs> Listen, guys. I think it was March, yeah. These <laughs> are high-quality Kagawi artifacts. You please explain for people who don't listen to all of our episodes. <laughs> so we announced... For people who just don't trust you? About seven years ago, we announced a contest in which listeners, just like you could write in with special topic uh, subject lines and thus granting themselves a select spot to receive Kagawi promo pictures. There are two available pictures to receive. They're going to be <laughs> you, like on crack? sent out. I don't know what you Would you like me. to tell them what those uh, email lines were so that they may no, get one no, last chance? No, it, we no. went over this. It was closed. <laughs> The people who did it are going to get it. The people who didn't are going to cry and not know 
See, if I told them the what it was... The photos are going to get leaked. No, see, but that's that's the whole point, is you want the things to leak because that builds the mystique. If it wasn't the Really? Mystery, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> the Girl Meets World writers do not like that the episodes are getting leaked. Well, that's what they think, but it's really... The, the more they have to Really, protest, they're the ones leaking it. Yeah, because you know, it, that's what builds the <laughs> hype. If you feel like you're doing something wrong or getting some information that you're not supposed to have, that's what the value is in it. So that's what makes it All special. Right. We are almost at two hours. We would have gone back and do, done old emails, but we I apologize. We just don't have time. We have a lot of tweets and, not, and emails. Maybe you keep had and had that rant. Listen, Eventually, we'll we've been get having to a... some shorter episodes. So for everyone that's yeah. been like going on road trips and stuff <laughs> and asking for long episodes, here you go. We only have one listener that goes on road trips. Game. Dustin Cody. Listen, uh, everybody. A... Everybody. <laughs> Is going on road trips. It's a time we're gonna have one big Kigawi road trip. That's true. We're gonna have a big Kigawi road trip to Iceland. Actually, we might have a big Kigawi road trip to Rhode Island. Spoiler alert! Yes, but I I didn't actually. Rhode Island, I said. Oh. Yes. Well, that's we're not taking a. Okay, this is the awkward part of the podcast. All right, Keith, do you have something to say or can I get to these emails? It's only awkward when Caitlin talks. Why do you always say it's only awkward when Caitlin talks? Stop being awkward. I'm Barosha. (laughs) All right, read this email as Barosha. Um, Okay. Do you actually have emails up or do you want me to start reading? Okay, cool. Read the Nan one. Oh, okay. This is as much as I could condense both emails. But, oh, wait, no, I shouldn't read that part. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine, it's fine. So she sent us a bunch of super long emails that are very, like, I appreciate them, but we weren't going to read them on the podcast, so I asked her to condense them. So this is, go ahead. The ships see the brother comment comments. Oh my god, read it like a human. <laughs> <laughs> the ships see the brother comments as canon, but to me, the clear message had nothing to do with Riley, Lucas, Maya, or any other characters. The writers are sending a message that they are the characters... What? (laughs) That they (laughs) and the characters... I'm so tired. That they and the characters drive the story. When you try to be who others, cough the fandom cough, want you to be, your ship sinks. Uh, Be who you were interested to be, and in this case, as Michael Jacobs intended you to be. So much sass, I really like that comment. (laughs) Thoughts on yearbook. One, I had like 45 theories on the brother line, which I sent to the podcast only to realize I I am completely missing the point. (laughs) Two, on Girl Meets World, the classroom lessons have so explicitly explained what we are intended to gain from an episode since day one. Corey's lessons of Iceland and Greenland applies as is expected. Is this a negative? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a little on the nose, but they're, and they're but I don't know, it didn't bother me. Iceland. <laughs> Three. Your books seem to be at an odd place this season, but once I connected the lesson to the plot, it made perfect sense to me. Michael Jacobs and the writers were sending a clear message to the fans. Our thoughts about these characters' relationships will not drive the story, but the characters themselves will. This is a lot of wishful thinking, in my opinion. (laughs) Four. The class presents arguments of each ship in a tongue-in-cheek way, 
by obviously quoting feedback the writers have heard from fans. The class is a representation of the fandom and their preoccupation with the ships. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Five. The writers have heard you. They appreciate your feedback. They listen. But, in the end, the viewers do not drive the story. The characters do, as written by Michael Jacobs. The lesson is clear if you react to what others think of you or buy into their label of you. The results aren't good. You crash your ships, well-placed pun writers, that Keith missed. <laughs> you missed the message. You ruined my life. <laughs> I, I also have Viking blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the end of the email? Yes, it is. Thank right. you, Nan. Right. Um, so let's address a few things. First of all, I can see like the meta message. I think that that is true, but I think that's separate from the brother thing, and I don't see how the brother thing connects to what she's talking about. What is thoughts? Um, <laughs> well, she said that Awkward she was initially silence. missing the point, but then she didn't tell us what she thought the point was in the end. No, I think what she thinks the point is in the end is that it's all just a message to the fans saying what you how you perceive things doesn't matter. All that matters is how we perceive them. And oh, I, I think that, I was, think that was just what the she whole, thought. Yeah, the whole episode. Even the brother line? The whole episode is the equivalent of them lying to us on Twitter. That's what I think. <laughs> I think there's no lesson. It's all just a carefully calculated misdirection in order mm-hmm. to defeat the various ships in order so they can do anything they want and be blameless according to their own perceptions of time and yeah, reality. But it, it just, it just... Also, in a perfect world, the idea of like the writers, like the fandom not driving the show... Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, the writers are just going to stick to their guns, like, this is their art. In a perfect world, like, yes, this is their art. They're going to tell the story they wanted to tell from the beginning. Yeah. Um, while still appreciating that their characters have grown and developed and, you know, letting the story organically flow from there with the ending that they will then get to. Yeah. Um, Which they say they do have planned from the beginning, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> if it's anything like how I met your mother knew what the ending was going to be, I'm not pleased. Man will enjoy that comment. <laughs> but anyways, do not... In- oh, man, I'm so angry now. <laughs> anyway, think <laughs> about Iceland. Okay, I feel a little better. Um... <laughs> However, I think, yeah, Dan, that's, as you were saying, that's really wishful thinking. Mm. It's just logically from an outside point of view from, you know, this is a business at the same time. TV is art, but it's also a business. And, you know, your business has to sell. Your business has customers, which is the audience. And so your audience, like, your audience tells pigs. (laughs) (laughs) Your audience tells you you don't like something. Your customers tell you that you don't like something in the store. You know, to keep your business going, you're probably going to change something, just like you're probably going to change something on the show. Mm. I have yeah. really mixed feelings about this. Mm-hmm. Because I totally get the whole, we're trying to make something, we're not just going to cave to all your whims, rushing around all the place trying to satisfy people when we have something in mind. I totally get that. At yeah. the same time... The reactionary polarization is also equally as disastrous as just falling yeah. and to appease people, because that's mm-hmm. like saying, you know what, these people won't leave us alone, so we're just going to do it, we're going to do it, and they're going to be completely blinded to the normal realizations that might have happened pre-Twitter world, where yeah. they just see things happening and saying, you know, we got to tweak this here, we got to tweak this there, but I think yeah. that it's also very dangerous that they're going to be like, you know what, 
We're not changing anything. Just run with it. Uh, I'm also not really a fan of snarky meta, to be honest. Like, your fans are your fans. The fact that they're shipping is why you're succeeding. Like, so I, I know people take it too far, and you don't have to listen to them, but why would you like if it really is just like we're snarking back at you and making fun of you for why you like the show like i don't think it is i don't like personally i don't read it that way but if that is what what the intention is i think that's really like immature you think it's a respect issue yeah it's like i, I mean it, and i think you could say i think that it is more of like we just want to gently let you know that like we're going to do what we want to do but if it if it is supposed to be more snarky and be like you know you know, just playing with you kind of thing, then it just doesn't seem like it. it Cause it, it harkens back to, I, I, I mean, never really talked about this on the podcast, but I didn't like the comment in Mr. Squirrels where they talked about the feedback about the high heels. And it's just like, why are you like being angry at your audience? That's like not a fun show to watch. I don't, I don't know. You agree? Disagree? Unless they yeah. get Ellen page to say these things. <laughs> I'll agree with most things that Ellen Page says. <laughs> um, <laughs> she could she could run the gay agenda. I mean, Aww. she totes good. <laughs> so, I mean, that's true. But now she's taking my <laughs> that's my segment. <laughs> but um, where was I going with this? <laughs> I'm so easily distracted. What was it? Were you going to respond to? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the thing as you needed as... to get back to your thought process was, <laughs> were you going to respond? Yes. As opposed to, were you not going to respond? Well, it could be a new, a whole new idea. Listen, this is the this is the GOP, de- GOP debate from last night. <laughs> All right, Caitlin, please, please take your stance. Okay, so as far as what you were saying, uh, this meta, this episode versus squirrels, mm. I think it is a little bit different when you're like, like say Rowan really did actually feel attacked yeah, by that's true. Pe- as an individual versus like this is just an abstract concept of the shows of relationships that haven't actually happened yet. Yeah. Um so like you're you're not only uh, like offending a like attacking a character in that instance but you're actually attacking a real human being. Yeah. Um which she could have potentially felt yeah, upset. I get that, yeah. As um so I think it is a little bit different in that instance where, like, if she felt upset, I think it's more warranted. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, I and I don't, I don't, I don't think that this is just like a total. I, I don't because I just, I just don't agree with Nan. I can see where she's coming from. I, I definitely there, there is some meta stuff in here about ships. Clearly, I, I think that the class is totally in place of the shippers, but I don't think it's—I don't think it's necessarily a critique of it. I think it's more just like having fun being meta. Uh, do you think Darby was just conveniently a Leia shipper, or do you think she represents the swing shippers? I think it's just they swing needed someone shippers. to say that line. <laughs> okay. So great for the politics of it. <laughs> I think it would be funnier if Yogi was a Leia shipper and Darby was you a Rookie shipper. Where, where is oh, Yogi? That, I, we need to get some. We get, get some. He was, he was in. He was in fish. We gotta get some more of those Yogles back. Um, because I'm, that was I'm a, a fun. I'm a Yar. Like. I'm a Yarbay shipper. Yarbay. I'm a. I'm a doggy shipper. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. It'd be Doggy. I'm a doggy. All right. All right. <laughs> Time to read Jeremy Pape's email. Uh-huh. I don't know. I kind of I feel All bad right. for anyone's emails we read right now. I'm going to read it. 
right any minute now i'm going to click on it and i'm gonna okay i really enjoyed the lesson and the iceland greenland stuff really enjoyed topanga remembering she has another kid <laughs> i think if topanga can be utilized to reinforce a plot like this in an app it will make her a better character giving topi more uh, more lines just really worked for me the lesson reminds me of paper towns which i just finished reading uh, Katie acting... I, actually, I can see that, having seen the movie. Um, Katie acting like Riley actually cracked me up, but I'm thinking that it's a divisive scene. Maya being Riley was even better. I couldn't really tell if Riley was trying to be Maya. I realized that wouldn't have been a surface... Would have been a surface-level point, but when she said, Nothing we do matters, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like Maya. Uh, likes Topanga referencing her weirdness because it's nice to see uh, a change from Boy Meets World referenced. I didn't need uh, Katie to reference John. I It didn't matter in the episode, but hey, ratings. Not really sure what Maya meant by saying Riley likes Lucas because he's like her brother. Enjoyed the crashing ships thing, but it was a bit on the nose. Uh, a bit on Lucas's noted- nose. notice how all the episodes without augie feature some sort of character development anyway overall it's a lot of fun but because i cannot say for sure that farkle won't go back to the way he was and always has been i'm giving it a b plus and then he also said later that if we don't get anything if none of the stuff that is brought up in this episode actually pays off it will make the episode like a d minus or an f for him nice thanks j Interesting. um Um, I don't feel that way. I would just make the episodes that don't... I would, like... I wouldn't blame this episode for future mistakes. I would blame the future episodes for not following through. Yeah, I would definitely blame their intent in the Farkle category. That definitely wouldn't take away any enjoyment I would get watching Riley be... You know, was it? Riley be Riley. I I keep forgetting. Morosha! Morosha. (laughs) We're, like, mentally ill this episode. (laughs) The, the, I keep trying to we say really Morticia. S- that's the problem because that's what I'm thinking. Morosha. No, I'm saying that's why I keep. All right, so I cut my girl Morosha's back <laughs> to start out. Uh, in the question of is Riley being Maya? Mm. Uh, I think that it is important to note that this kind of angsty attitude, her character would get ideas of what this means largely from Maya. Therefore, mm-hmm. she's probably not trying to be Maya, but she's incorporating things she's learned from... Pulling elements. Yeah, pulling these elements from Maya and, and throwing them in there as she sees fit to mm-hmm. create. Well, she's definitely not getting them from Topanga and Corey. Yeah. They didn't teach her enough bad right. things. Right, and I think it's actually more actually interesting and nuanced because, because she's not getting these from outside sources and because she's not getting them from you know, normal life things that most people would get. She is relying on these experiences with Maya to to pull from. So it's actually interesting that maybe she's not being it, but she kind of is. Yeah, I get that. Do you think that she's pulling anything from the drama and angst of Red Planet Diaries? <laughs> she might be. I, I mean, Blarg, uh, the second head... I need yeah, to know. Uh, yeah, totally. I totally want them to do a spinoff that's actually just Red Planet Diaries. And again, like a five minute, like if every episode had a five minute special episode that ran as a short, like before or after, mm. that would be gold. I'm gonna... Like a mini web series. Yes. Come on, man. 
Get with the program. Since it's like over two hours in, I'm going to completely derail us and ask you guys. Just do have it. you guys? Just do it. Have you seen the commercial? <laughs> I'm blanking on the name of the show, but there's a new ABC Family show coming out that seems totally off brand for them. And it's in, it's like weird. What do you mean, me. like good? Uh, well, I wouldn't say good. I would Shots say fired. I would say bad in a different way. <laughs> it it looks like like a bad. It's like so. It's like a comedy, and it looks like it's like about like like 20 year olds and it's about like douchey work comedy with like double entendres and sex and stuff and like something i'd see on like cbs or something mm-hmm. and i'm like why is like it seems it just seems very and like the way it shot also like doesn't seem like the kind of budget that abc family usually has so i'm You're like lower or higher sh- what do you mean by higher that? higher um and so like i don't know if it like if they're like changing their brand identity but it's interesting. I, I'm not that. I'm not yeah. sure what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, in so general, check out this in general, my feelings are the only thing worse than an ABC Family Channel original is a TV Land Channel original. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I'm at. Where's... I have I have other ABC Family worries because I know that the Mortal Instruments. Oh yeah. Is supposed to well, become and and God knows that was such a high quality <laughs> piece of fiction to begin with. <laughs> yeah, God, my life. It reads it reads like a stop and shop novel. It is a yeah. stop and shop. I mean, novel. no offense to people if we have younger listeners or whatever who enjoy that series. I just look. Really, I read all of them. I, I just really fin- couldn't do it. I just tried and I just couldn't. I read all of them. They get better, but, like, I can really admit that, like, wow, I don't even know why I put myself, like... I actually think I would probably enjoy it better as an ABC Family show. Because I'd be like, I'm going to turn they off They don't my... have the budget for that. <laughs> True. They do not have the budget for that. But that will make it even too. better. Because, like, I feel like I could, like, sit down and watch, like, a terrible, like, low-budget version of this story and, like, kind of enjoy it on, like, a cheesy level. Whereas, like, the book I just couldn't do. They have major wars in this, in these stories. Nice. How are they going to do that on ABC Family? They have major wars on Pretty Little Liars, okay? It's called no, a green don't. screen. <laughs> I, I think Pretty Little Liars is fun for what it is. I, I'll, I'll endorse Pretty Little Liars for what I've seen of it. Mm. Yeah. Same if it's good enough for Rowan, it's good enough for me. All right. I think that's a good motto. Yeah. So, um, also, other Farkle things. Oh, boy. Since we have so many tweets. Can I get to the tweets? Before you I... get to the tweets, yeah. and before you get into Farkle, I will say, because we consistently, uh, consistently, words. Can't speak. Well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> is actually exactly what I'm getting into. Murder people's emails because of our lack of... Proficiency in reading and writing skills. Um, <laughs> because we're podcasting at 2 a.m. Oh, God. We, it's 2 a.m. Gang. <laughs> I would like what to open that? up the opportunity for people to record sound bites. We can I coach agree. people through narrating their own emails, narrating their own thoughts, and submit, and we can help them learn how to easy do easy ways to record these things. And that and. Can, be a lot I more will fun sweeten that way. the pot. I will sweeten the pot and say, everyone who pot- does that <laughs> gets no, a I picture. Say- <laughs> no, no. So we just had some annoying technical difficulties. Um, Caitlin's internet and cable and everything just went to hell. Yeah. Right? That's Phone, what internet, cable. Yep. All 
you gotta love Xfinity or whatever she's got going on over there. But no. so Some it's no also brand. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll explain what we're gonna do in a second. But I just want to quickly end out what I was saying about sweetening the pot for people who write <laughs> uh, send in audio files. So. Here's the deal. If you send us in an audio file explaining your thoughts or theories on the episodes, criticisms, whatever, um, please make it like under three minutes um, and make it either a WAV file or an MP3. You can just take record using your internal mic or your computer or whatever, or even like a voice memo on your phone. And if and you e- if you want to do this and I'm not sure how, contact us and we can walk you through some different steps of easy ways to do this yeah. recording. And just email it to us at gmwpodcast.gmail.com. We'll include it here. And, man, this is going to be a lot more editing for me, I just thought about. But whatever. Hopefully we won't get tons of them. But I will say, if you're someone who does this and you do them consistently and they can't come out good and we think, like, you have good thoughts and you're good at, like, articulating your thoughts over speak, um, I could definitely see us, like, if we need a substitute for a podcast or something, or if we just want to have a guest podcaster on, I could totally see us bringing in some listeners here and there to do a guest spot. I think that would be fun. Um, Barring that, you... we're going to uh, enter the emails into Microsoft Sam and just hit <laughs> enter. That would also be of high quality and humor. So, yeah, send us those voice memos. That would be great. Um, sorry. Okay, so here's the deal. We didn't get to the tweets. It's like 2.30 in the morning, or like two and a half hours in the podcast. We're going to cut the tweets for now, but we are going to aim to do a supplemental podcast mid this com- before semi-formal where we just do the tweets. Um, and barring that, if like our lives get too crazy and we just, that doesn't happen, I will at minimum respond to you guys on Twitter with our thanks and all that stuff because we really do want to make sure that we include you guys. It's just, man, this night has been going long and it's 2.30 and tech and, you know, we don't want to talk about them without Caitlin here is the other thing, and there's just no way for her to be on right now. How do we close this out with only two people? Infinite misery. As mm-hmm. per... What's it called As again? per Marosha? Marosha. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? We need Caitlin to explain this to us. Um, I'm trying to find a good quote to end on from Marosha. Um, I am partial to the one that she said to Fargle, and I'm trying to find it. The contemplating um, the futility of caring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. And then he's like, you get me. Oh, no, he, he says you get me when he goes yes. That's good stuff. Um, so he's Donnie Barnes, and uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, dream. Compliment. Just died. <laughs> Wow, (laughs) there are no words. All right, listen to this nice Monsters and Men song, guys. Bye. It's killing me.